Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast, and you're listening to another fine show from the From Page to Screen media empire. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer-director of the film Hall Bowl Suites. I love the pace and the fastness, and I love the fact that you just roll with it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm J.K. Amalu, the writer-director of The Asian. Hi, I'm Brando Benetton, director of Nightfire. My name is Nathan Whitehead, and I wrote the music for Beyond Skyline. Hi, this is James Kellen Brussack, the writer, director, and producer. Hi, this is Ben Lloyd Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stewart, page the screen, .com up in my blog piece. Yeah, that's my motorcycle running and tracking over my fucking sneakers, genius, with Dom, Dean Peter, and Pussy. I'm Neil Johnson, I directed Rogue Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. From, from, from Ace to Screen. Hello, sir. Hello, what's up, what's up, hello, hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm alright, I'm, um, yeah, I'm alright, I've been um, busy redecorating my little geeky desk thing, trying to make it semi-respectable for when we get around to doing some Zoom tests, which will be in the next week or so, but more about that later on, but that's uh, always fun. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I've been... <laughs> you haven't been like, out and about hugging people or something like that, you know? No, 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 not at all. No, I've, I've been out today and walked around the park. There was nobody else there other than Annette, which was fine. And I went to Asda last week, I think. Uh, never again. No, I'm done. <laughs> I am sticking to my Iceland home delivery online shopping. And I shall tell you why. So, um, so I went to Asda. And mm-hmm. we, we walked downtown, which was probably half an hour's walk, which was fine. We had masks, so we had masks in our pocket, but we weren't wearing the masks on the way downtown because there was no people there. Yeah. So we got outside Asta, and that, that was actually it's my first time wearing a mask, which doesn't mm-hmm. mean I haven't been wearing a mask. It just means that I haven't been in any shops since they said, you must wear yeah. masks. So I thought, fair enough, I'll put it on. I kind of like wearing a mask. It's not easy to breathe, and it's... I, by that, I mean, if you wear glasses, it kind of steams yeah, them up steams a little up. bit. But I was all right. It's kind of cool. Annette took hers off, her glasses, so she just couldn't see anything. So I was like the Labrador for the shopping <laughs> trip. But I, I kind of liked it. It gives me a bit of a not quite Billy the Kid type thing. You're like, you can't see my face. I could pull out my six shooters and gun you down type thing. You know, that sort of <laughs> Bane sort of mask thing. But I sort of, I mean, it was, I think it was a Tuesday morning, mid-morning. So Asda was kind of busy, but not packed. So it wasn't like Saturday mm-hmm. morning shopping. And I kept score about how many masks I saw. Uh, not including mine, not including Annette's. We saw 13, yes, one three masks out of wow. probably two, 300 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, no staff were wearing masks. 
no staff seemed to be social distancing. Uh, and we kept our mask on and we're, and we're like we're just getting the hell out of here so the Asda that we go to it's got two levels because it's quite mm-hmm. it's a biggish one so you've got to walk up this big ramp you've got to go in the top uh, the top door that's the word I'm looking yeah. for very complicated word okay. door so you've got to go in that one you can't go out of bottom doors so it, it's everything's bottlenecked though because there's literally only one door you can go out and then a different door that you can come in so mm-hmm. if somebody stops in front of you then yep. you're stuck and then it becomes like a bit of a train station type thing where all these carriages are parked behind you so the woman right in front of me who had nobody in front of her decided well I'm going to stop and just uh, so send a text message I think on my, on my phone oh, as you do so I stopped about maybe five six feet behind her and thought I can either do two things I can either wait till she's finished doing her, uh, her texting or I can be an absolute dick about it and go excuse me can I get past I opted for the second one course why, yeah, wouldn't, yeah. why wouldn't you so i uh, excuse me oh sorry i didn't know you were there or because there's no signal in there i went yeah all right whatever you don't have to justify why you, you were using your phone and we carried on and I, mem- I remember saying at the top of the the ramp walking down that's why i stay indoors there's mm-hmm. always one dickhead around blah 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 <laughs> that wasn't the dickhead that we encountered no 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 oh we walk down the ramp. Now, you've never seen the Asda that we come to, but basically you, you exit the Asda, you wait at the, the, the little road, you press the green man, the button to crosswalk, you mm-hmm. go across to a middle island, and then you do the same thing again to get across to the main road. So it's like a stepping stone type thing. Yeah. So we were stood at the traffic lights, the first one, and there was a woman stood next to us eating crisps in a rather... Not a pleasant, you, you know, when you look at somebody and you go, look, I'm not, I'm not Downton Abbey, but even I wouldn't eat crisp like that. Mm-hmm. So Annette sort of looked at her and I went, no, just, just, it's fine. Just leave it. Don't worry about it. She's eating crisps away. She, maybe she's hungry. We don't care. It's fine. And so we crossed onto the first one and, you know, with Green Man and the light for the Green Man for the second one, I don't think was working, but there was no traffic moving. So Crisp Woman, as I'll call her. She started to walk on her left-hand side across the road. So we were slightly behind her, but to the right. It's a bit like GFK, sort of the magic bullet back and to the right. Mm -hmm. So so she was in front of us. But then she stopped, and then she walked back into the road, looked at this white van, (laughs) and spat a load of crisps out in the direction of the van, but onto the floor, just sort of like like a, you know, that sort of, oh, my God. So I turned around, looked at her, and just, just went, nice <laughs> as you do because <laughs> i'm wearing a mask i don't care it's like i'm I'm like bane i don't, I don't give a crap what i say to people it's like it's pretty horrible you just looked at this van spat a lot of crisps on the road and carried on now it's bad enough spitting crisps out any time of the year but when there's a saliva transferent yeah. <laughs> pandemic it's kind of i think it's a, kind of a little bit worse so we, we carried on and uh, swear warning there are some swear words coming up in a minute so if you don't like you you know if you've got children in the room just put your put your headphones on so so she she started walking again and then she sort of veered around to the right of us and she was headed kind of parallel towards the bus station where we were going and so Annette and I were there we weren't holding hands we weren't cuddling each other because it's like even though we're staying in the same household we still like to respect social distancing when we're out and about. It's just one of them things. Mm-hmm. So this woman, she's and she was probably similar age to us. So she wasn't like a kid. She wasn't like an old woman either. She's probably similar age to us. Uh, maybe like six months younger. Who knows? She looked at me and she went, were you saying nice because of what that van driver did to me, revving his engine? 
Now, by that, he revved his engine once because he was at the traffic lights and mm-hmm. somebody crossed the road in front of him and the green man wasn't working. So maybe he had the right of way. I don't know. So, mm-hmm. Or were you saying nice because I spat at him? <laughs> I could have just shut up and said nothing. But I was on a roll then because I'd already had the thing with the mobile phone. <laughs> I'd already gone nice because I'd been wearing a mask. So therefore, I'm inhuman. And superhuman. Mm-hmm. So I said, actually, I was saying nice because you just spat in the road. She went, who the fuck are you to tell me what, what I can do? He was <laughs> trying to intimidate you, fucking cunt. And uh, this was, and Ooh. I don't know if it's relevant. And, you know, Abel, maybe you could tell me. Abel will be listening. This uh, it was an Asian woman. And this is relevant. I'm presuming she was Asian. She was had Asian dress on and everything like that. So... You, you're fucking racist, and I'm like, how would we be racist? She went, you wouldn't have fucking said that if we, if I'd have been fucking white. You're only saying it because I'm Asian. Fuck. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm saying it because you just walk back into the road. Me, I could have shut up, but I didn't. I said, <laughs> I'm only saying it because you walk back into the road and spat in the middle of the road. That's bad enough doing it normally, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. So just anyway, just get lost. Yeah, fucking hunt. Fuck you. Take your fucking slag home and fuck her up the arse. And I'm like, I beg your pardon. Oh, jeez. And she's like, oh, I bet when you two are drunk, you fucking do all sorts. And we're like, we don't drink. I've, I am actually the only person ever born in Scotland that's never been drunk. It's probably why I got kicked out of there. So this other guy who was there, I'm like, what the frick? So he went, oh, seriously, don't worry about it. Just ignore her. So I'm guessing she's like a town nutcase that we didn't know. <laughs> so we were walking towards the bus station and she was walking parallel towards it, giving us this tirade of C words and F bombs and all sorts of abuse. You do this. Cause it's because you have no fucking religion. That's what it is. You lot. I'm like, what do you mean? Us lot. <laughs> you know, you're being fucking racist. I'm going to phone the police and tell them you're being racist. I said, phone the police. By all means, I'll phone him for you if you want. Yeah, you fucking racist, fucking shithead. I'm like, seriously, what? You're off your nut. You're off. and then Annette's like, I don't even drink. And then she started on Annette then, and then we got very close to the bus station. This is all within 50 feet. I'm like, oh, this is like machine gun time. So this woman's launching into us. To which she called Annette a rather nasty name. And then I went, right, that's enough now. And I put my hand up. I mean, I was probably 20 feet off from her. I went, right, I'm going to fucking knock you out now. Because it's like, <laughs> say what you want to me, but don't be don't be upsetting my, my partner. So she backed off for all of about 30 centimetres before wandering back in her direction, going, I'm going to call my fucking cops. And this other girl veered in towards the bus station. She looked like late teens. And she's just she shouted over at this woman, "Oh, fucking shut up, you silly bitch!" <laughs> so it's like the entire town seems to just be just going off on one. And this and uh, the woman was headed in towards the bus station, and I was maybe two feet from the, the door to the bus station. I looked at this woman and I said, "If you utter one word when we are inside a public building, I'm having you arrested. It's a fact. Shut up." And she did. We got inside the bus station. She didn't say a word. It was like. What the frick? <laughs> it was like, oh my god! But it's—I mean, it, freaked, it worried Annette because she was like, "Oh my god, I'm not racist." I'm like, "Look, well, I know you're not, but seriously, you weren't being racist." This woman spat in the road. I said, "Nice." That is not racism. Mm-hmm. Somebody accusing you of the race card because you're a certain skin color, i.e., a pale blue, like I am—that's racist. 
to it, but it, it kind of really unnerved Annette. She said, you know, we could get home, and if she did call the police, we would get done for race. I'm like, we wouldn't. There was enough witnesses. There was the guy in the, guy in the van, which they could get from traffic cams. There was the girl intervened. There was the guy I spoke to. There was me. There was enough people who could hear that bloody woman. But it's like, whoa! So I remember I walked into the bus station and the girl who had intervened, she was stood waiting for a queue for to go into the bus. I walked past her and just went, oh, I miss lockdown. <laughs> and then we just came home and we haven't been out since. It was like, what the frick? The, the language coming out of this woman's gob. It was horrendous. Jeez. Oh, I do apologise to anybody who listened to that swearing, <laughs> but it was all direct quotes from this crazy mad woman. <clears throat> oh. So that was my well, last week. <laughs> can I share my uh, my shopping story? Did you get uh, abused and <laughs> threatened? No, I, I've got nothing, and that's one of my problems. Oh, okay. Let's just make something up. Um, no, I uh, we have been, ever since we fell out with Asda, Yes, um, because they weren't social distancing and and all that kind of stuff. We um, we've been trying various delivery services, not having much luck. Even though we we've been putting on um, the delivery instructions that we are um, shielding, so please leave the items and kind of ring the bell and back off. Um, none of them seem to read it, or they all think it's over, so they don't need to bother anymore. So um, after going through several different people, we thought we'd got um, uh, the 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 best company ever when we when we tried Sainsbury's home delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, the delivery driver he was fantastic. He actually listened to the instructions. He put the stuff down. He walked back to the gate after he'd rang the doorbell so we could come out. We got the stuff and you know said thank you and and all was great. So. I immediately, believing that you shouldn't just use social media and all these things to say negative things, went onto social media, onto Mm. Twitter, wrote a tweet saying, hats off to Sainsbury's, tag them in there, for our groceries home delivery, which has just arrived. The first supermarket to actually listen to the delivery instructions saying we were shielding. Hashtag thank you. Nice. That's a nice thing to say. Yeah, I thought that was a a nice thing to do. And bearing in mind, this was um, just before 10pm. We got a late delivery slot. Nice. On the 2nd. That's important. Okay. So, um, five minutes later, I unfortunately had to go back onto Twitter and say, oops, may have spoken too soon. (laughs) Delivery was great from Sainsbury's. However, considering the order was delivered just before 10pm, we have multiple items, including raw chicken, which to uh, has today as a use-by date. <gasps> Not raw, raw chicken. Um, I mean, anything's bad enough. Raw chicken yeah. is a no-no. So I'd, at Sainsbury's, how do we rectify this? I then followed up with a, because, you know, I wanted to, to show that this was true with um, four pictures, because that's the most you can put in one post of mm-hmm. um, a bag of carrots with that day's date on, a loaf of bread with that day's date on, mince with that day's date on and raw chicken with that day's date on and there was various other stuff as well but i just put the four because i just randomly put the first four that i'd taken a picture of um sainsbury's it's now what 10 days later yeah have yet to respond <gasps> did now did you tweet at sainsbury's or sainsbury's customer service because they they will have different accounts i tweeted at sainsbury's but I, I did look. I didn't see a customer service one. And the next day I went on to the at Sainsbury's account. 
answering customer service questions people okay yeah i, I just cut, so i don't know if that's just... it's probably what you've uh probably somebody's probably accidentally or maybe on purpose clicked your message and just got rid of it you know mm. somebody going oh that looks too complicated i don't want to do that i'm going home in five minutes type thing that may happen with certain companies so I followed it up two days later with at Sainsbury's. What a surprise! No reply, and nobody even replied to that one either. Oh no! You've been blocked. Blocked by Sainsbury's. So yeah. Um, the worst part about it, though, after doing a bit of research, there is like an online form on the Sainsbury's website. If you've had something that is a substandard, you know, product, you can ask for your money back or whatever. So we went on to try this form, and the form didn't work either. <laughs> so. Oh no. It probably, I reckon what happened is that form had eaten some of the chicken. Possibly. That's what I suspect may have happened. But obviously, when you've been, uh, when you've been planning your meals um, and you make a delivery like this, then that leaves you short. So especially, you know, with, with a loaf of bread, you know, that was my toast gone in the mornings. And um, we had ordered um, ice cream for the 4th of July. You know those ice cream blocks that come in like the cardboard? yes. We, we ordered one of those um, because they're easier to – we were going to use it to make something with so that it's easier to get out and use. Um, when that arrived, that was kind of dripping and squidgy. Uh-oh. You know, there were – like I say, there, there, was, there was more than just the four that was pictured as well. So, you know, we had a terrible week with of food because – you know, half the stuff we ordered was literally useless. On the good news, though, you could actually do a comedy animated series called Dripping and Squidgy. Yeah, possibly. That does sound like a sort of Nickelodeon <laughs> type. Maybe Disney Plus might might uh, put that on. That's possible. But yeah, so it's not uh, been anyway, a great you can week work for going. Salmonella into the name as well. Salmonella it... could be the, the sidekick. Yeah, I yeah. Think. Or maybe they live in the town of Salmonella. <laughs> possibly i don't know so it's not so been yeah. a great week for shopping experiences for either of us really is it no all i can say is um tesco was um our delivery for for this last week yeah and um the tesco driver once we mentioned to him you know we are shielding you again even though it was on the paperwork he did kind of back off and 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 all was good and the food has been was great date wise and um you know so we, we've booked tesco again um for, for wednesday so uh tesco seems to be our shop of choice at the moment but the the, the difference in the service level here compared to um stoke seems to be immense because i've got my parents who are who are shielding as well and um, they've got fantastic stories of their deliveries and everything so i don't know if it's just you know, we're we're out of luck. You know, we just it was the wrong day at the wrong time, or if um, it's just a substandard service here at the moment. Shield, shielding, you say? I thought all the pandemic stuff was over. Well, well, thought, that's because it's like thinks, isn't it? Because you can't go to a hospital. I saw a tweet from somebody the other night, and it was like she was she was due to go into hospital to give birth to a child, which is probably mm-hmm. the best place to do it, I think. And yeah. um, unless I was to do a click and collect for that, which I don't think you do. <laughs> and she said, well, my husband can't come in with me because he's not allowed to, but it's all right because he can go wait in a pub until I phone him up. And I'm thinking, that kind of sums it up really well. Oh, it does. It's very strange. And theatres aren't open, but swimming pools will be open from the 25th of July. So mm-hmm. I don't see why. You see all these theatre people bleating and moaning about how they, they cut off shows. Go hold it in a swimming pool. 
mm-hmm. just stand at the edge of the pool and and do your like Hamlet or or uh, you know some pantomime, be pantomime season before long. Just do it at the edge of the pool, and the audience can all be pretending to swim. <laughs> so and, I think um, that's or do it in a pub. I'm sh- I'm sure you're really happy that um, the government's um, giving you know letting you go out and spend twenty quid and get a tenner back on your your pub meals. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know in a couple of months they can uh, charge you more taxes for that uh, that privilege that you won't get to use yourself. Do you know it's it's four or five months or whatever since lockdown. I don't even know what what mm-hmm. month or year it is anymore I'm, I'm like michael bean in the terminator what year <laughs> it's like that's me now i don't know what year it is but you know the one thing i've missed it's not seeing my friends it's not going to work it's it's going to nando's and getting a discount of course it's really upset me so i'm really <laughs> glad that we will be able to get 50 percent off if we go to to get some chips and one mm-hmm. of them uh, chicken wheel things from, from nando's so you know it's not all bad well, and, and not like um, we we enjoy taking the mick out of all this stuff, but I think it's great that the government, you know, said as well that they're going to give something back. They're going to help you with renewable energy and making your house more energy efficient because of, you know, this crisis that we're all in. So in England right now, you know, you could go and get, I believe it's up to like five grand um, or something along those lines to help with with doing up your house and making it all energy efficient and, and you know which will save you money in the long run as long as you put um part of the money to it i can't remember what that is i think it's you know i think yeah it is it is something ridiculous like that uh, but they go one step further Just, but but for the sake of it say you've got to put five grand in and they'll put five grand in for the for the people who really need it, who are really impoverished, it's not just five grand they'll give you. They'll give you up to ten grand. But obviously you've got to put that same amount in. So where if they're really <laughs> impoverished, are they gonna get the ten grand to for, for the matched funding or whatever it may be? You know, I, I am slightly wrong on that. I know it's not matched. There is a, a difference, but yeah, the, but, the but, it, but it's not a case same. of it's not a case of if you put in a pound, we'll put in five yeah. grand. It's pretty exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm glad you mentioned impoverished people and people who are suffering. And it's it's generally, I mean, it's not generally, I suppose, maybe it's not the case, but a lot of elderly people are struggling through this lockdown and they're financially having problems. So I would like to uh, maybe set up a Kickstarter page or a GoFundMe page for the poor Robert De Niro, who I don't know if you saw this week, but he <laughs> may this year only make around $7.5 million dollars. So it's not just people in this country that are suffering. It is people in in America and people all over the world. How is Robert going to cope with just $7.5 million this year? He's also said that next year he may only make $2.5 million. Oh, dear. So, you know, before people start splurging on things like food and, you know, some logs for your fire, maybe think about donating to the, the De Niro kickstarter gofundme page so that he could put food in his in his mouth caviar obviously and some uh <laughs> some some diamonds just to cheer him up and you know what maybe put I, fuel in his learjet if 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 you are up to doing a bit of match funding here with mm. me stuart i'll throw in a fiver if you throw in a fiver and maybe Deal. we can get him on you know 10 pounds robert you come on the show um 
you know, in a couple of weeks' time, we all chat movies or whatever, and we'll, we'll give you some money to help you out. And I think he would do it because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know how he's going to cope yeah. on that amount of money. And I think if we start chucking £10 at him, I think he may start doing podcasts. I might even, if I chuck in an extra couple of quid, get him to do his little voice thing for the theme song that has a lot, yeah. of, uh, lot of wonderful people's voices in it. But, mm-hmm. you know, so... I would do a minute silence for Robert De Niro, but that's really crap podcasting. So I'll put, I'll just edit one in after the theme song at the end is finished. But bless him, we may at some point get a Rocky and Bullwinkle two, or a Meet the Parents four, because he is mm. so hard up. It, it is a terrible shame. It's it's awful, isn't it? So uh, on on the good news though, I'm sitting here and I've got a big old uh, rundown. I've not read it yet. I only printed it off about. 10 minutes ago complete rundown of all the san diego comic-con at home panels Ooh. that we're going to watch and there are there's some start there's a star trek universe one actually on i think it's the wednesday uh, star trek universe virtual panel featuring the cast and producers from the cbs shows discovery lower decks and picard and uh, there's a whole bunch of people taking part on that so that's pretty cool um what else we got this one for his dark materials there is, uh, I'm just skipping through them. Charlize Theron's doing one, so that's quite mm. cool. Uh, Fear the Walking Maybe Dead. Maybe she's hard up as well. Possibly, possibly. Uh, there's no sign of a Mad Max film or a few years, so maybe coming out anytime soon. So, you know. <laughs> uh, Walking Dead, there's a bunch of Walking Dead stuff. There is, there's a Joss Whedon one. Uh, people have been having a whinge at him this week because apparently he was rather harsh to people, but never mind. Uh, American Dad, Constantine. We need a poo, okay? What we do in the shadows, hosted by the kid out of the Sixth Sense. That's nope. kind of a weird one. And there is a, a Picard 2020, a literary, literary retrospective, which is uh, talking about how Picard has changed on screen and on the page. Maybe you could join in with that one and tell them that Picard is uh, is, a, is poor when it comes <laughs> to Star Trek thing. But uh, I can send you that full list of stuff so you can have a look at all the panels so it's, that uh, good. and that is coming up, I think, in like the next week or two. Mm-hmm. So, well, um, talking Star Trek, um, you know, going back to Voyager, you know, I'm uh, kind of going through watching it, and uh, Addy's joining me as well, which is nice. Um, when I when I'm going through these shows, these episodes, it really hits home how much it's changed when you look at Discovery, when you look at um, Picard, and how it's changed for the worse. There's none of these great... Because I, I, I sat watching Addie watch Star Trek for a few minutes because I love the fact that she's enjoying Star Trek now. And I thought, you know, I can't think of anything better for you to be watching because this is teaching you some fantastic values. Yes. But you don't get that in Discovery and Picard. No, no you don't. Uh, and I have started rewatching Voyager. Thank you very much. <laughs> Not only that, because they're all on Netflix, which is great. And I thought, I mean, Voyager isn't my favourite Star Trek, mm-hmm. but I've seen all the DS9s and I've seen all the Star Trek Next Gens, but I've not seen all the Voyagers. So I thought, you know, after we'd been talking about it, I thought, I'm going to start watching it. So I put Caretaker on and I'd, um, I'd put it on in the bedroom. So it's like, right, put it on. And it's like, what's this? It's Star Trek Voyager. Oh, that's all right. Of Orange is the New Black. I'm like, it is, but it's way before Orange is the New Black. <laughs> and uh, she's like, what's this one about? When's this one set? I said, well, this is set around the same time as The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. 
Right. Mm-hmm. So is it uh, where where is it with relation to Picard? Well, it's a bunch of years before Picard because Picard's now old. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, what about Captain Kirk? So I have to explain the whole timeline is the next gen is like 80 odd years after Kirk's mm-hmm. time and blah 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 and all that. Went, all right. Okay. So 90 minutes later, she went, I really like that. I think I might carry on watching that. So now we're, we're, we are rewatching <laughs> Voyager. So we watched that, the Caretaker, and we've watched the second episode, Parallax. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she's enjoying it. So I'm right in saying that you dropped out um, of Voyager, didn't you say? Yeah, I dropped um, out. I remember seeing the first two seasons, and I don't think I saw when 709 came into it. I've seen clips and stuff when she was in it. But so, I, I yeah, I was, I was just about to ask um, about Seven. So um, that's great, obviously, because uh, you and Annette at least know her from Picard. So yes. you can kind of make the comparisons when when she comes in. Um, There's a couple of bits. It's like I've had to explain what the Maquis was mm-hmm. because there was references, certainly in the second episode, where like, oh, you're Maquis. And Annette's like, what, what are they? So I'm like, well, mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of like the rebels, terrorists type thing, if, if you want to sort of put it as basic all right yeah. okay so what about that so it's quite nice i'm enjoying it this is probably the first other than the movies i think this is the first star trek series that she's into it might be too early to say that she's into it but she's enjoying it so far so i, I think once seven nine comes into it the like I, I think i mentioned it the other week the episodes just are on a different level as well that you know they have you know when you get to kind of season six seven um there are some absolutely cracking episodes so what season roughly does seven come into it jerry um she's i want to say it's around season five maybe okay yep um so yeah you you know the the show just goes to a, another level and I'm not saying it's just because um, she's in it because it's not, it just seems that the stories get even better. I think the characters are just so comfortable in their roles. Um, but I want to jump back to what you said when you mentioned um, Annette asking about Kirk, because I don't know if you've read um, William Shatner have said he's interested in uh, making a comeback on Picard. Okay, interesting. <laughs> because in Star Trek, you're never dead. That's very true. Um, so um, he said he it, it doesn't want it just to be some gratuitous cameo. He wants it, you know, he's only interested if it's well written and it fits the storyline, but he definitely wants to come back. And there's a decent paycheck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. So uh, that'd be interesting. How do well, you f- well, how do you feel about that though? I, well, I'm just thinking, let's make him an an android, bring him back. Yeah, why not? Let's you know, let's let's get everybody back. True. Mm. <laughs> I, I think Picard needs something because I I still not I still haven't finished it, even though I've got Prime. I still yeah. haven't watched the remaining episodes. I liked seeing the character of Picard. That was kind of cool. The storyline that they'd put him in, I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't really. I can tell you what yeah. Picard needs: a new writer. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, currently moving on. Anyway, 
currently rewatching uh, Star Trek Voyager season one, to which a lot of people are like, "Well, I watched that years ago." Shut up, move on. So I, I finished watching British TV series Liverpool One, which only mm-hmm. lasted twelve episodes, but it was great. So I rewatched that one, and then found out that damn thing's on Amazon Prime. So, <sighs> well, brilliant! I spent about three years waiting for the DVD price to drop, picked it up, and it's all on Prime. So that's good. Uh, I watched the first episode of Jack Ryan on Amazon, which oh. seems okay. It's based on a Tom Clancy character. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a reboot, so it's you know he's, he's not Harrison Ford anymore. He's a lot younger, so I guess he's earlier in his career. It's uh, it's two seasons on Amazon. It seems like it's all right. Actually, it's still early days to to tell you what it's about because I think mm-hmm. the first episode was pretty much just introducing him as an analyst, but I think he's a little bit more action packed and than just being an analyst because I've already seen him involved in some sort of interrogation scene with a terrorist which is generally not what an analyst would do they would stare at spreadsheets and yeah and stuff like that but uh, yeah I would I would say it's worth checking out I think I did some VR I don't know if I mentioned Ooh. this last weekend but I have finally tested out Iron Man VR mm-hmm. which I had ordered and then it showed up had, had I mentioned it previously or on the previous um, show or not that I'd played it yeah the, the, there was a, a slight mention yes so I played that um, I couldn't get it to work on the demo so I mm-hmm. uninstalled the demo put the actual proper game in and it is it's currently my favourite VR game Ooh. it's it's weird there's a whole training thing at the beginning so you use I don't know how it would work with PC but you use the PlayStation Move controllers, which are, okay. you know, you've seen those, you know what they look yeah. like. So you've got to have those for the PlayStation one. doesn't work without, because you use the triggers for your palm thrusters and, mm-hmm. your, and your gun triggers. So I uh, set it all up, and you, you're inside Iron Man's suit. Obviously, it'd be a bit crap if it was just Tony Stark on it, just walking around <laughs> his mansion. What the frick? So I put that on, and uh, I found it really really good and i got it to the point where one of the very very early this is how you play the game type thing you've got to shoot five targets so i mm-hmm. shot like three of them and then i took the headset off and said right i've got go that one right done so she put it on and i was watching it's fascinating watching somebody else wearing a vr headset because mm-hmm. when you're wearing one you're doing all these weird funky moves and this, everything's cool it's like, you know what you're doing, but when you're watching somebody doing it, you're like, you look like a dick. What are you doing that for? <laughs> so I'm watching it out, like, bendy and contorting herself, and I'm like, what the? She nearly fell over a couple of times. thought, what the hell are you doing? So anyway, she went, right, right, enough, enough, enough. I feel a bit weird now. So I'm like, okay. So I put it back onto me, and then, yeah, now I know why she nearly fell over, because you do end up bending and falling backwards and all that sort of stuff. So if you know what Iron Man looks like when he flies. Mm-hmm. And it is with the move controllers, wherever you tilt your palms and keep your triggers down, that's where uh, the jets focus. So if obviously if you tip both your palms so they're facing to your left, you will fly right regardless of... It, it's weird. The flying mechanics are amazing. They're really, really good. So I played it for about 20 minutes. I thought, right, enough now because I feel a bit weird and I'm going to fall over. But it's the most immersive and most impressive uh, control mechanism for a VR thing that I've played yet. So I'm, well, I'm looking, thinking, looking forward to playing that again at some point soon. If if you like Iron Man, uh, the VR games so much, and you enjoy wearing um, a face mask when you go out, you can combine the two 
you get yourself an Iron Man suit or at least a helmet mm-hmm. and walk around town. I might. And get yeah. up, get abused by um, <laughs> by people when they come out of Asta. <laughs> but no, it's, it was really good. So I'm looking forward to playing a lot more of that. It's, it's kind of weird. It's like with VR, generally you're facing the screen all the time. But with this one, it does actually work if you turn around as well, which I've never really found with other VR games. Maybe it is the case, but I've just never turned around 180 degrees and had it still work. Mm. But it did. So mm-hmm. good stuff. And it was £29.99 as well. So it was one of the cheaper ones. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? Not bad at all. Not bad. Uh, be playing a bunch of Call of Duty World War Two because that was one of the free games. Mm-hmm. So I've been playing online on that one. The good thing about online is it shows you that you're not the best video game player at all, and you're really crap at multiplayer because you go on. It's like <laughs> spawn dead, spawn killed somebody dead, spawn dead. <laughs> Flip's sake! So I'm pretty much I'm a bit of a bullet magnet when it comes to that. But I used to be really good at Call of Duty. I say really good. I used to be able to kill two or three people before getting killed four or five, six times in a row. But So I uh, downloaded that. Uh, Bob tipped me off that the free game on the PlayStation this month, there's a basketball one, which I'm not really fussed about. And there is Rise of the Tomb Raider. So I've played that before, but I downloaded it again, because why wouldn't you? Because it's free and I don't have it anymore. And apparently... In that, there is a VR component for one of the DLC levels, mm-hmm. which will be good. So I'm looking forward to getting to that part. The only problem is it didn't store my save game, so I've had to start Ooh. the game from the beginning. So I'm, I'm starting that again. But uh, at some point, I will be playing Tomb Raider, a Rise of the mm-hmm. Tomb Raider in virtual reality. Sounds good. So any video gaming going on at your end? Um, been playing some more Minecraft Dungeons. Um uh, I'm really enjoying this um, kind of new Pac-Man two-player game. Um, I still can't get past this certain point. It's um, it, the the whole game is um, timed, so um, I seem to always get to a certain level, and then that is where my time runs out. So um, it's uh, it's getting a bit frustrating, but it is a fantastic game. You know, a great. Um, upgrade to the original Pac-Man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a few, but nothing new. Okay. Well, we've been projectoring. Ooh. Uh, God, it's uh, such a difference. If, if I had a pound for every time Annette said, "I'm so glad I bought this projector," I'd have about seven quid. <laughs> it makes such a difference on films. It really it does. does. I mean, we're watching films that we've seen before. But watching them on a massive screen or a massive projection makes all the difference. I mean, have you ever measured the size of the projection screen, you know, the screen that you've got? I did. And what did I... I want to say it was something along the lines of um, 110 inches we were usually watching on. But I think the most I ever got it up to was about 130 well we ran about 102 to 105 so you you got a few Mm -hmm. more inches on me there rob but uh, it's not all about the inches it's It's not it's about the quality and i think we're getting about 1080p on ours which Mm -hmm. is quite good i did look into 4k projectors but then i saw how much they were and i'm like i quite like the 1080p and i Mm -hmm. have seen 2k projectors but i'm not sure what the resolution is 
on a regular Blu-ray. I think it's just 1080p, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. Unless, unless you've got a 4K player or something, which I do. But um, So maybe in the distant future, I might up it to a different resolution. But so far, what have we watched? And these are all big screen projections as well. Let me have a look. No, didn't watch that one. Uh, so we started off. Where are they? I don't even know why I'm looking for my list. They're right in front of me. So the first film we watched was Seven, which is the mm-hmm. Brad Pitt, David Fincher film, which was amazing, which I have seen at Cinema 4. Then we watched Sucker Punch, which we spoke about last week, which is mm-hmm. on your list of films to watch. Then it we is. watched uh, Steve Jobs, starring Michael Fassbender, which is still an amazing film. Then we watched Neil Blomkamp's film, which stars Matt Damon and Jodie Foster, Elysium, which mm-hmm. is a nice big epic science fiction film. Then we watched the first Jurassic Park from 1993, which was amazing. Then it was the next choice, which was It, Chapter 1. So Mm -hmm. we watched that one again. And then my choice was Schindler's List, which was, wow, that's definitely one of the highlights from watching it on a small screen to watching it on a big screen. Absolutely Mm -hmm. amazing. And then last night we watched the 160-odd minute Christopher Nolan epic uh, Interstellar. Uh. So we we're not watching a film tonight for obvious reasons because I'm podcasting. So Annette's got a night to catch up on with the TV, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, tomorrow we will resume watching films on the big screen. Now I've got you some trivia. Oh, I also film-wise, uh, this is going to be a weird show because I've pretty much told you most of the films I've watched. But I um, <laughs> I've finished off the Maze Runner movies. And okay. uh, you were spot on. The first one was really good. And mm-hmm. then they got worse. <laughs> they <Yeah>. just... <laughs> I'm not even sure I finished the third one, to be honest. The Scorch Trials, the second one, I thought was okay as a film on its own. Yeah. But it's like, where's the maze? <laughs> I kind of mm. like the maze. I like the maze yeah. thing. That was different. This is It just... adds a, yeah, it is very different and, you know, unexpected. And then we go into, you know, oh, I've seen films like this before. Yeah. and You're kids in the desert. Run. Okay. Yeah. Kind of all right, and then you get into the death cure, and you're like, "Is this connected to the Maze Runner?" Because this is kind <laughs> of. And then Will Powter shows up again. You're like, "I got a minute." <laughs> Don't you died in the first one? Oh, but you didn't see me die. You left me to die. Oh, okay, right. That's a nice little loophole. But I think all in all, it was not. The Maze Runner is a great film, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I didn't really enjoy the franchise. I don't feel the need to rewatch them again. Other no, than I maybe think, the first one, I would watch again. Yeah, when when the Maze Runner was originally released, um, I remember watching it, and I I raved about the film. Everybody I I spoke to about it, I was saying you've got to watch it if you haven't seen it. It's a fantastic film. And then I had that kind of suspense. You know, I can't wait for the second one. And then the second one came along, and I thought, oh. <laughs> Yep. It's like, no, it, it wasn't good. <laughs> it really was, which is a shame because I was looking forward to watching that, you know, for quite a while. So I think the next franchise I will tackle is going to be Divergent, mm-hmm. which again, I suspect it'll be, well, the first one was good. What happened? <laughs> no, you see, I, I quite like the Divergent kind of franchise all the way through. So oh, good. So there is hope. So it's definitely yeah. not another Maze Runner. No, not for me at least. Repeat of that. So, um, but yeah, I found you some trivia for uh, Jurassic Park. Oh, right. So the dinosaur, the Tyrannosaurus roars apparently were a combination of dogs, penguins, tigers, alligators, and elephant noises. Wow, didn't know that. 
And in the film, which is just over two hours, I think, there's only 15 minutes of dinosaur footage in the whole film. Nine <laughs> minutes are animatronics, and six minutes are CGI. Mm-hmm. That is not bad. That for for an over two hour film, that you kind of think you get more dinosaurs than you do, mm. really, but you don't. But yeah. You know. uh, ever since watching that movie, though, and now um, with the the new knowledge we've gained on dinosaurs since Jurassic Park um, was filmed and, and, and came out on c- cinemas. Um, I, I always wonder if they were to make Jurassic Park now, would these dinosaurs have feathers on? Because they believe a lot of them do. And at the time, you know, back when Jurassic Park was done, we thought, well, no, they were just like kind of scaly lizards. Do you think what they'll do in the future is if this film is on a streaming platform, they will remove the film and then mm. bring the film back with a warning saying, please be warned, this film contains outdated dinosaur knowledge. Yes, stereotypes. Because we did speak about every film having a warning. I think that would that's mm-hmm. the only way to go with Jurassic Park, I think. It is. It's that one. So just, yeah, get it off and put a warning on. You see, the these streaming services are so behind the times. If we were running one ourselves, it would, the warnings would already be there. Yeah, I would have warnings running whilst the film was on. Yeah. Do you know, it's like you watch a film at Christmas on TV, whatever month Christmas is nowadays. I think they might change it. They're going to delay Christmas till 2021, I believe, due to COVID. <laughs> um, is you would be watching like Top Gun or Die Hard and it would put a nice little message along the bottom going, oh, if you're feeling depressed, please phone this number up. So we would do, I would do that on the streaming platform. Oh, look, we have a T-Rex. Not really a T-Rex, because a T-Rex has no feathers. You know, that sort of thing. So to educate as well you, you as You could even get that kind of drawing overlay, and like we could draw like kind of little feathers on there as it, as it was going, little, put a little arrow there, you know, should have feathers. That and, could work. So just to educate, yeah. that way you're multitasking then. Yeah. I think that would work. So, yes. <laughs> so we got that one. Uh, the most fascinating bit of trivia... That I, found, I looked at the trivia for Interstellar and it was just all scientific. So I thought, you know what? There is no trivia for Interstellar. So we haven't got any for that. <laughs> um, so, what? Um, Elysium. Have you seen Elysium? Um, I have, mm-hmm. but I can't remember much about it. I'm sure if I started watching it again, it would jog my memory. But You remember it was like it was Matt Damon and he had, mm-hmm. a, he had like a mechanical bodysuit on because he got stuck in some radiation and he had to yeah. go up to the thing in space to, mm-hmm. to get well again. Uh, mm-hmm. no, I've just summed up. You don't need to watch the film now. I've just summed no. it up yeah. perfectly. You don't need to watch it. I've just painted it all in your head. Uh, apparently, to prepare for the role, Matt Damon had four hours per day in the gym because director Neil Blomkamp took a picture of a, mo- a big buff, you know, buffed-out model and mm-hmm. stuck Matt Damon's face on it and went, that's what I want you to look like. <laughs> <laughs> Thus resulting in four hours of gym time every day for Matt Damon, which obviously worked. So, um, but now my favourite bit of trivia. You've seen Schindler's List, haven't you? I have. Okay, uh, grim, grim, really grim film. It's one of those films you don't want to go. Oh, it's well good because it's, it's, it's a hard film to describe. It mm-hmm. is a good film, but it's not an enjoyable film. But it's a film everybody should watch. But you can't go. Oh, watch that! You love it because you don't. You're not going to come out of Schindler's List going, I'm so glad I uh, took popcorn with me to that one. It's a Mm -hmm. a weird sort of film to review, but it's an amazingly powerful film and even better on a massive wall projected. But uh, you remember the girl in the red coat? Yes. And she lived. 
Wow. She actually lived, because we were watching the film, I mean, she doesn't live in the film, but mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people I know who's, who saw the film years after were, would laugh, and genuinely they would laugh at the star. Oh, look at her, why is, she, why is this whole film in black and white and she's in red? And then you have to explain to them, you don't know, because Oscar Schindler, when he was on the, the embankment sitting on his horse and he saw this little girl a few times and she seemed to just walk through all the chaos nobody seemed to pay any attention to her and i always remember that she wore a red coat so that's why in the film this girl in red pops up a lot of people are like sniggering you know giggle at it because they're they're idiots basically mm-hmm. um and then later on in the film you see her body in, mm-hmm. a, tr- in a truck being carried away and she's in red and whatnot so i i, I said to annette i said i wonder what her name was, as mm-hmm. in like who the girl in the in the red coat was. Her name is Roma Lijoka, L-I-G-O-C-K-A, and she lived. And she actually wrote a book called The Girl in the Red Coat, a memoir. Wow. So I didn't know that until I looked it up. I'm like, holy crap, she lived. So a bit of a theatrical license there. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's nice to know she lived. It is. So I watched that one and Steve Jobs was amazing, and originally Christian Bale was going to play the role of Steve Jobs instead of Michael Fassbender, but Christian Bale went, don't want to do it. So Michael Fassbender was given the role, and he ended up phoning up Christian Bale going, you should do it. He's like, I don't want to do it. I don't think it'd be very good. No, no, you need to do it. So Michael Fassbender tried to talk his way out of doing the role, (laughs) and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was also meant to play it at one point as well, but Steve Jobs is an amazing movie. You see, whenever you say it, if you type it on Twitter or you say it on a podcast, my brain just shuts off and goes, yawn. To which? Steve Jobs. Really? See, do you know what? Is, and the one saving grace for this is Bob hates Apple. I do as well. With a vengeance, right? Bob Bob does <laughs> he does. It's annoyingly and you know, Bob may join us at some point, who knows, but he despises Apple. But he mm-hmm. trusts me when it comes to films. So when I I'd watch Steve Jobs and I I'm not like, Oh, a film about Steve Jobs, I really want to watch that. It was purely because Danny Boyle directed it and every film I've seen Danny Boyle do has been amazing he's one of the very very few filmmakers that for me has got 100 percent success ratio on every single film that comes out a bit like you with star trek other than picard mm-hmm. where you go do you know what i've liked every other show so <laughs> if they did star trek steve jobs you go but star trek so i'll mm-hmm. i'll give it I've a go i've got to watch it so yeah. i watched steve Jobs, and it blew me away not because it's not a biopic it's not a film about steve jobs becoming steve jobs it's it's more like a stage play. And I remember telling Bob about it. I said, Bob, I have just watched my film of the year. And he's like, what is it? Steve Jobs. He's like, ugh. And I'm like, oh, seriously, watch it. You'll love it. And I, I was one step away from nailing his feet to the floor and making <laughs> him watch it for this guy that hates Apple. And if you ask him, do you like Steve Jobs? He will say he loves it. And I think that's the only Apple thing that he owns now is the DVD or the Blu-ray of Steve Jobs. Because uh-huh. it is such a clever film, it's it's. I don't want to tell you about it because it's. You know, I'm, I might watch it once I exhaust every other thing. You ever. F- if you find some film that you think <laughs> I'm going to get him to watch that, there, and you watch Steve Jobs, I will trade you just like Bob and I did for <laughs> the Seven Samurai and the Thelma and Louise. And I watched Seven Samurai, and it was a good film. So I don't feel I need to watch it again. I would rather watch Steve Jobs again. <laughs> So, do you want to know what one of my films of the week is, though? Go on, then. And it's 
I'm kind of back into documentaries at the minute. So I've been like browsing around on the streaming platforms trying to find things to watch. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of weird because I'm not a massive fan of their music. Mm -hmm. I know who they are and you know who they are. But uh, it's ZZ Top, the little old band from Texas. It's a newly dropped documentary on Netflix. And it's just about their creation. And it's mixed with archival footage and interviews with them now. They just seem like the nicest guys ever. It was it was well good. I really enjoyed it, but it's not the sort of thing when I'm like, I wish there was a documentary about ZZ Top because I need to learn more. <laughs> but it was mental. It was just it's such a good documentary. So that is I'm giving that one my uh, my film of the week. I think. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. So what have you watched? Uh, not a great deal, but there's there's two things I can. Uh, speak about both i think uh well i i enjoyed very much uh the first is um i don't know if i've mentioned it before um or not on the podcast so tell me if i have and i can shut up um it was um it's a belgian apocalyptic sci-fi drama called into the night on netflix okay um so again you've got kind of i seem to be um kind of watching all the dub stuff on on netflix it seems to be my new genre of choice um but it's um about the sun um something goes haywire with it and and starts killing everybody so um some people manage to board a plane and kind of fly away from the sun before it gets them and um they've got to kind of keep jumping from um airport to airport refueling and um staying one step ahead of the sun okay um it's uh, an interesting series um and i read i don't know if it, earlier today or yesterday doesn't matter that it's been brought um brought back for for a second season so um season two will be um being filmed and and dropping onto netflix at some point as well but season one's very good nice so plenty uh, of stuff to watch then Mm. The the next thing um, is back to your documentaries. It's a documentary uh, series on Disney Plus um, called The Imagineering Story. Yes, I've seen the first two of these. I'm loving it, but I've just not gone back. It, it's one of for me. It's one of those shows going. I really want to watch that, but it's not mm-hmm. going anywhere. So there's no mm-hmm. rush. And therefore, I've not watched it. It's really not. Well, yeah, I have watched the first two episodes as well. So we're we're (laughs) neck and neck. Um, It was uh, it was something that Nicole put on. She said, uh, "Oh, uh, I've seen this thing, and uh, you know, I think it'll be really good. Mm. Let me put it on." Um, So I started watching it and really enjoyed it. Um, You know, it's really fascinating to see kind of you know into the world of Disney and how it was all set up and you know um, you know how it was all done. Um, you know, but some of the, the animatronics on some of them, you know, obviously an animated creature. You're like, hmm? what the hell? That's mental. I mean, well, this yeah, is, this is like fifty six or well, seventy years ago, something isn't it? years ago. And the, yeah, and that's the thing when you look at what they were making at the time. The, this park, and you see the behind the scenes footage of um, how it all came together and what they were building. It is phenomenal, isn't it? So, um, you know, I think the first episode really hooked me into it because, um, you know me, I like um, kind of 
proper artifact collecting as uh, yeah, yeah. we now call it and um yeah you know the the fact that you got to see i know um you know we're not talking about screen used props on tv here but these are props used in a disney park and they're made by the same guys who made um you know these um you know made fantastic movies and you know dressed by the same people you know just just you know the the amount of detail that went into it's a small world all you know the the money spent on the fabric and for every single one of these characters had this um you know elaborate costume made that probably cost more back then than my average everyday costume i wear walking out of the house yeah um yeah um so anybody who's got disney plus check the imagineering story it's out. really got i think with disney plus i think i've watched all the mandalorian so i enjoyed that other than that i've maybe watched two films but everything mm. else i've watched has been the imagineering story the gallery which is a, a look mm. behind the scenes of the the mandalorian uh, a day in the life of which is a look behind the scenes of various people that do various roles at disney uh pixar in real life which i watched so it's all these little documentary things that I find are far more fascinating than, hey, look, you can watch all these movies that you've seen yeah. before. I don't want to watch, you know, like The Kid starring Bruce Willis. I'm all right, I'm good. Let me watch something like The Imagineering Story. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the props one. What's the, what's the props thing that we watch? I've still not finished oh, all of those. Uh, prop, prop, whatever it is. The thing about the props, yeah. that one. That's really good. How we just get annoyed I, why they keep faffing around and update. Well, yeah, let, let's let's just hack this prop to bits and yeah, let's just update it so it's not the thing that you've seen on screen. Mm-hmm. But look out! But it looks it like works. things you saw on screen. Yeah, but it's not the thing. I would rather yeah. have had the broken thing that was on Me screen too. than the working one that was never on screen. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Speaking of Disney and Disney Plus, um, today I can't give you the name of it, but um, kind of whilst I was having, no, I can't because oh. I don't know what it is. But whilst I was having my lunch, um, Addy and Nicole um, they were watching something on Disney. They, these um, um, I think they were done for for lockdown, um, so they were like sing along programs that that I think each programs about fifteen minutes, something like that, and um, they go to various people in the disney world so people who may have voiced characters um or been in films or just celebrities but with this um she sang one of the moana songs and i just remember thinking moana should have been done as a live action do you think so i mean I I probably when, to, to be when, fair when moana actually... probably will get done as a live action yeah. at some point I know, and and that's what upset me because I thought, you know, by the time they do it, twenty, thirty years down the down the line, we won't get the Rock as Maui, we won't get the person, you know, this actress who played Moana, who would be perfect for the the job because, well, for one, she is Moana, the voice of Moana, anyway, anyway, and she looks just like her. Um, so yeah, I thought, you know, or if anything, they should have done both. They should have done the live action one. And the animation one at the same time. You can't do them both at the same time. That Why would not? Because that would get very confusing. Do it. That would get <laughs> confusing. So, Bob. Hi, Bob. Good evening, sir. It, Hi, Bob. Right, so, there's, so there's two films on at cinema. There's Moana the live action one, and there's a Moana the animated one. Which one is Emily going to go? I want to go watch that. Probably neither. <laughs> That's killing but me. But if you were the argument. person to go to the cinema to see Moana, and 
there was um, some fantastic um, double bill feature for you know for an extra fiver. Would you go and see both? Yes, you would. Right. Mm. Don't know. Probably so, not with Emily. So Neil, Neil Johnson, how are you doing? <laughs> Can you hear us, Neil? Earth to Neil. He's got his microphone muted. Neil has got his microphone muted. Right, okay. He's lurking. He's lurking. He's just he's just uh, watching from afar. So. Uh, uh, anybody else here with us now? You know, have we got The Rock here? Because, you know, he'd be great for, for some input well, on this as the, well. The Rock actually prefers to use Zoom. So uh, yeah, had we managed to do those Zoom tests, we would, have, we would have Dwayne Johnson <laughs> with us uh, talking about Moana, the live-action movie. So uh, how the heck are you, Mr. Whitworth? I'm not too bad, not too bad. Um, just made it back in. Apologies yes. for the delay. But, it's okay. Oh, um, you've been to the local beach, have you? No, Soaking no, no. I, I, I am at the local beach. I had to go away from the local <laughs> beach. <laughs> so basically, I had to take my daughter back home. She'd been with me for a few days. So. I hope you've all both had a good time. Oh, yes, definitely. I'm looking forward to a fortnight when I've got it for a full week. Ooh. Uh, school holidays, of course, back end of this week. <laughs> you'll find it so bizarre. I know it like sounds odd, yeah. It does sound odd, but it's it's kind of weird. So so yeah, we've covered we've basically we've covered a whole bunch of stuff. Um, we haven't obviously covered any films that you've watched, Bob, because you're not here yet. Um, I've not covered any movie news. Uh, we we have covered the poor destitute Robert De Niro who is financially struggling. So if you do have any spare coppers around please uh, donate them to the Robert De Niro GoFundMe page because he's only going to make around $7.5 million this year. So we, we do need to uh, we need to look after the guy. He's, he's done us well over the years. Well, I was going to say, I mean, yeah, $7.5 million, I know it's going to be tough, but I'm pretty sure he could probably just about scrape through on that. I think, you know, he may find himself living on the mean streets. I think uh, if he can find some, some generous, some pleasant some good fellas to donate Ooh. some money <laughs> to him um he could they could take him home he could meet the parents um you know there might be, yeah, chil- he, might be children there just you know be nice to the little fuckers it's quite good well, yeah he but, could always be a taxi driver or something he could always be a taxi driver exactly <laughs> <laughs> hello neil hello neil you found the unmute button well done yeah <laughs> I'm gatecrashing this podcast. And right, why okay. not? More than welcome. Excellent. So, other movie news. Uh, so, d- did everybody see Rambo: Last Blood? Yes. Yes. I've seen that. Yeah. It may not be Last Blood. Stallone is not only hinting at a reboot or a, re- a sequel or whatever for Demolition Man, which everybody's been crying out for, uh, of the really, but maybe not. He may oh, bring okay. back Rambo. And he's also teasing, this part does actually get me excited, an extended version of Rocky IV. I'm genuinely excited about that. It's like, give me more Rocky IV, please. The 84 minutes or 86 minutes was not enough for uh, for Rocky IV. I think Survivor needs some money. So if you can bring another version of that out, they'll get a few more pence for uh, Burning Heart and Eye the Tiger. So that'll be good. But uh, yeah, genuinely. I was going to say, I don't mean to sound negative, but I, I was getting worried then when you were getting the height. I thought, if he's going to mention something like, uh, you know, Judge Dredd 2, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I quite like Judge Dredd. Uh, uh, sorry. No, Neil, you're the sci fi expert because you make them. Is it the Stallone Judge Dredd? Is it terrible or is it watchable or is it one of the best films ever made? Maybe. I, I actually rewatched it recently and it stands up quite well. 
And the one thing I'll say is what made it for me uh, quite enjoyable was the inclusion of the ABC robots. That's one mm. of the only saving graces. Ah, what, are the, what are the ABC robots? Educate me. I've seen the film. Atomic, many biological times. and Chemical Warrior. Oh, ABC. Yeah. From the comics, and, I'm guessing. Yeah. 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 And, and basically, he looks like Hammerstein, which is one of the main ABC warriors in the comic strips. Yes. Yeah, and you know the VFX don't don't look so bad. Well, they they uh, you know if you get over Stallone uh, ripping his helmet off and saying I am the law, <laughs> which is which is infinitely quotable. Um, it's not bad, and it's it is in the spirit of 2018. So I, I did enjoy it. You know, some it, of the it, other actors took some fantastic parts. I've Rob, got to give Rob them Schneider. Woo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Max, so, was it Max Van Cedar in this one? Yeah. He was? Yeah. But the thing is, it's like everybody bashes Stallone for taking his helmet off, which Judge Dredd is never supposed to take his helmet off. But, but it he was didn't the, want to. No, it was the producers going, we are not paying Stallone's paycheck for people <laughs> not, not to see Stallone. Face. So it's like, yeah. but people bash Stallone going, why do you have to take his helmet off? So no. I know it wasn't his fault. Yes. Yeah. But, but I think it's got, I think the, the uh, Alex Garland written uh, Judge Dredd is better. Yeah, Dredd. Dredd. That is so much better. It's just like The Raid, which is amazing. Yes. If you, yeah. you just keep remaking The Raid over and over again, I'll keep watching it. Yeah, wasn't wasn't sure. there rumours there was a TV series Judge Dredd coming based yes. upon Dredd? Yes. Yep, that's what I'd heard, but I've not heard anything more since. Mm. Uh, I, I really hope that they do. I, I know Carl Urban is well up for it. He's, he's basically said, yeah, I want in. Yeah, and so also, I think we're kind of already getting a Judge Dredd series, sort of, with Mandalorian, because he never takes his helmet off either. <laughs> so finally, having completed the Mandalorian, I'm quite happy. So I could talk about Mandalorian. It's a very cool series. Did you like it when he took his helmet off, though, at the end? I don't remember seeing that bit. I must have blinked and missed that part at the end. Did you actually get to see him without his helmet? I saw him in yeah. interviews because no, there was I there was a scene at. Wasn't there a scene at the end when he was where only IG-88 or that IG-88 type droid yeah. bounty hunter made force him to take his helmet off so he could repair it, fix him, you know? Oh, uh, I remember him trying to do that, and I, I don't know whether I just blanked out, but I don't remember whether he did end up taking the helmet off. But I remember the conversation going, take it off, and it's like, no, and then... Yeah, I can't remember what happened after that, but that was a good series. Uh, Are you we sure saw... that wasn't a <laughs> some other possibly. <laughs> we we saw the interview thing in the net. Went, who's that? I went, that's the guy that plays the Mandalorian. And she went, he should not wear his helmet more often. I'm like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know what she meant by that. I'm not clue. So other news this week, we are getting a chicken run too, which is great news. Uh, unfortunately, Mel Gibson will not be in it because for some reason, I think it's that time of the. Time of the month, isn't it, when everybody hates Mel Gibson again? Bless oh. And uh, But also actress uh, Julia Sawala, who played Ginger. I don't like pies! Yep. Her. She <laughs> has apparently been told that they're recasting her role because her voice doesn't sound young enough. Yeah, she's too old. So she, uh, she took to Twitter and pretty much flamed Ardman <laughs> for that, going, my, I did a voice test, my voice sounds the same, so she's not happy. So she's having a right pop at, uh, at Ardman for recasting her. I'm more miffed that Mel Gibson's not going to be in it, because I, <laughs> I like Mel Gibson. I think Mel Gibson's great. So, but that's just me. Uh, Ready Player 2. Bob, you're going to be excited about that book, aren't you? 
I am, yes. Coming out, I believe, is it 24th of November, the book's meant to it be published? is indeed. Yes, I, I will be, uh, well, I'll have read that before the end of November. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have read that before the signature dries on the Amazon uh, <laughs> delivery, probably. And uh, I may end up reading it, uh, never. I'll watch the film if and oh. when it comes out. So, but yeah, that's you really out. need to read the book, sorry, but... I haven't got time to read books. Well, I do, but I've got too many films to watch. I've still got like four films of Neil's that I've not watched yet. There's just no excuse. So when I've watched all of those, then I can read a book. I'm going to enter enter them into the film festival to force (laughs) you to watch them. (laughs) Go for it, yes. That's quite good, actually. Yeah, Yeah, you've kind of got me there. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to watch that one. But because because I know you, then I can actually say, I will not be judging those. So I could actually get away without watching them. But no, I I wouldn't watch them. So the uh, the film festival is going really well actually. I'm I'm quite. Excellent. It's a learning curve, but it's fun, and uh, I'm still building up all the social media pages and stuff, which you can't do in a a really crazed rush. But it's uh, it is interesting seeing where people are submitting films from all over the world, which is quite excellent. Nice. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that Warner Brothers are going to submit the 170 minute Schumacher cut of Batman Forever that is rumored to exist, which is a, a very darker-toned version than the film we got out. So, Neil, yeah. would you watch 170 minutes of Batman Forever? Uh, which one was that? That's not the, the one with the, the Riddler, Nicholas, was it? It's the one with the Riddler and Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face and Drew Barrymore which, in the Basque. Which, ba- which Batman was it? Uh, Val Kilmer. Mm. Yeah, that sounds pretty. Yeah. Well, I, to see, see, I don't. I, I think I would, in the sense that I, you know, I've I've seen Val Kilmer around a few times in Malibu, and he seems like a nice guy. That's all I have to say. So, to, out of interest, yes, I would. I hate to say it, yes, I would, especially if they went dark with it and yeah. went edgy. You know, it, it, that's it, you know, it's it's. I I have a suspicion there may be something interesting there to see. You know. So, it's for me. It's like I really was and am a fan of Joel Schumacher's films. Pretty much, they were never the same film over and over again. I forgive him for Batman and Robin because he just bowed to peer pressure from the studio who wanted to sell Happy Meals and all that sort of stuff. And he he's on record as saying, "Yep, I kind of dropped the ball on that one because I didn't put my foot down, and uh, it just turned into a train wreck and became bat nipples and whatnot." <laughs> um, although George Clooney was quite good as Batman and Bruce Wayne, so you know, but I love director's cuts, and yes. uh, I know Bob, you and I have spoke loads of times about the Gone yeah. in sixty seconds one, which was kind of cool to watch, but wasn't as good as a theatrical. Change, but yeah, changed the whole kind change, of you know. yeah, it changed the feel and the the dynamic of the film. But generally, but, uh, I, I say, prefer watching them. Yeah, I was going to say in most cases where I've watched a theatrical edition and the director's cut. I would say 99% of the cases, I prefer the director's cut. I, I have one exception to that. Uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in America. See, I... Ah, I can't comment on that because I've not seen the there, There's cut. a few versions of that, though, isn't there? Because it's yeah, like... Maybe, there's, a, there's a version that's it's just like, wow, this is tedious. And I love the film. Now, which which ones have you seen though? Because Once Upon a Time in America is amazing. It's like so this it's near four hours, isn't it? The original one, 
and then ah, they they they, yeah. they they decided there's no way we could show a four hour four hour film in the theater. Let's chop it down to like two. So they did that, and then that didn't work. So they ended up releasing like the four hour one. But then I think within the past five years, I think there's an even longer version that's come out on Blu-ray in the US. But I've mm. not managed to track down that version in the UK yet. So there's there's two yeah. stupidly long ones. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the overly overly long, stupid, <laughs> stupid version. Yeah, and I hate to say it, you know, it's it's I, I adore the three hour version. I think this is the four hour one is the too long or the five hour version. Yeah. Um, it it it's just like well, we have this footage of you know uh, Robert De Niro walking into the into the shop, you know, and it's like, let's just use every single angle for every single moment. It doesn't, it doesn't tell you anything new about the character. That's, I don't know. I was, I was, I love the film, but it, it just, it's like, what is going on? You know, it just didn't, it's just seemed to be an excuse to re-release it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so you've got, you've got 139 minute, which is two hours, 20 yeah. um, butchered version. Then you've got the 229-minute one, which is the one I've got. And then now there is a 250-minute extended cut for that one. And that is four hours, ten minutes. I mean, it's not exactly... I love the film as well. I think it's a beautiful-looking film. But, my God, it's slow. It's a (laughs) slow-paced film, whatever you watch. There's no raging gun battles, and it's lots of moody scenes in hallways and people in bars smoking cigarettes and all that sort of stuff. But it's a gorgeous looking film, but it is too long. It's, it's yeah. not Apocalypse Now by any means, is it? No, but but imagine, as I said, if you haven't seen that super, super long version, uh, I found it, I mean, I love it. I couldn't watch it. I mean, I watched it, but I was like, I'll never watch it again. And it's, you know, it's somebody out there must like it. <laughs> so you've done director's cuts and various, you know, different versions of your films. What What makes you go back and go... I need to rejig a film. Oh, dude. <laughs> I don't even start. <laughs> um, I, I, look, it's, it's, you know, the, the, uh, I've got friends who work for the big studios who do the big movies and I discuss things with them and they always tell me they, they envy me because I have control, more control than they do. There's, uh, and I mean, I've, I've been pretty much, I mean, ah, man, how do I explain that one? <laughs> Give me a good example. Okay. So Humanity's End, uh, it's a film I did in 2006. One of my more liked movies. I love that film. Uh, it's very Firefly. I like that's to, to but, sort of very basically yeah. sell it to Bob. It's, it's Firefly-ish. I like it. Captain yeah. The captain reminds me of a Fillion, the Nathan Fillion type <laughs> thing. And I hadn't seen Firefly at no. the time, so... <laughs> How much did that annoy you when you watched Firefly? And you're like, hang on a minute. Uh, well, hell? actually, yeah. It, well, it didn't really bug me because I, 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 I made a movie I wanted to see and then somebody made the TV series. Yeah. So it was okay, you know. But for me, you know, did the movie, the original, ed- the original script had all this other stuff in it and some really good character stuff. And the... The uh, sales agent said, don't do it. Don't shoot that stuff. You're wasting your time. I mean, the movie cost me a ton. I mean, a ton of money. Uh, you know, hundreds of thousands back when I had money. And, you know, they said, cut this out, cut that out, cut that out. And I was like, uh, yeah, okay, whatever. 
I listened to them and it was a mistake to listen to them because I was on the right path, you know. Uh, I did everything they said to do. Uh, believe it or not, if you ever see Rogue Warrior, one of my later movies, the character Hoagland was in that movie okay. as well. Exactly Hoagland, you know. So it was it, – it had a lot in it. And it was it – was, I would say butchered by, by recommendations. I stupidly listened. Then we did a rough cut. Then they decided they wanted the movie immediately. So they leaked out they, – they released the rough cut uh, without my permission, by the way. Uh, yeah, rough cut. It was, I'd say, ninety percent done. But there was some stuff I had to change in it. So, it and that was the version most people saw. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, did you lose me? Yes, only for a second. Oh, sorry. Okay. Hey, you and, were perfectly clear to me. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh. Anyway, so there was that version, and then so finally I did the version. I kind of rushed my version of the film out, which was the director's cut, which was always meant to be the proper version of it. And people who saw that liked it a lot better. Now, that being said, if I go back to I want I want to go back. This is the pain of movie making. I want to go back and do the original version that I wrote. And, you know, I actually toyed with the actor trying to get him back for those extra scenes that I wrote. And he actually wasn't that interested in reprising the role. You know, I sent him an offer and he didn't respond. And that was a little painful. But it's like, OK, she's not really acting anymore. So that's fine. Um, but. I am going to revisit that movie and let's just say do the proper version of what it was always meant to be, maybe without his participation, but with other actors. And, you know, we had a lot of problems doing it. So I'll give you an example. There was an actor who turned up in the film. This is the last day of shooting. We had this big studio booked and everything else. And he had not prepared his script. And it was a, you know, it's a lot of dialogue and stuff. He spent half the, uh, half the, the the day on his phone texting and you know trying to impress everyone that he was doing business deals financially and stuff then he dropped his phone on the set on the spaceship set and it fell through the floor Oof. and it kept going off during the take so in the end his performance was terrible and it, it didn't add anything so i always wanted to reshoot his character his his side of it so i'm going to fix things like that and then fix the vfx uh, probably use practical effects now rather than CG and, and you know, to hold, do a whole bunch of stuff. But that comes out of a frustration of being rushed uh, and, you know, financially compromised. And I think a lot of film directors go through that. And Blade Runner is a good example, you know, uh, where it's it's kind of like Ridley Scott was forced to put in uh, uh, some dialogue, yeah, some, some voiceover stuff in the film. Yeah. And... You know, that's the first cut of Blade Runner. The final version is is finally when he could sit back and say, no, this is the version I wanted to do. Because you get so clouded mentally when you when you get so close to a movie. And I think that's why he's got so many versions of, of Blade Runner. It's 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 just you are dealing with so much input and so much pressure. In the end, you've just got to stand back and let something breathe and listen to no one. And that's I think that's what makes the best product. So that's why I'm going to go back very soon and redo Humanity's End, redo the visual effects, recut it add a couple of extra scenes. Uh, it's just out of the pain and frustration. George Lucas did it, but, you know, I think the danger of doing director's cuts when there was uh, new CG available, that's a... You could see the Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, VFX, especially the Star Wars ones, they look terrible now. Yeah, they do. Yep. You know, the, the, the special edition stuff. So what he should have done is gone back to the original elements and... You know, shot some more model shots and done it. Done it 
in the style and the character of the day. You know, I, I think that's the the thing. And Ridley Scott has done that well. Can you imagine if Ridley Scott redid all the VFX in uh, in Blade Runner with your CG? <laughs> yeah, because you know, you go back and you watch the final cut, which Bob very kindly passed on. Discovered the other day, very on Blu-ray. So I'm looking forward to watching that on a stupidly large projector. But I, I think the changes <laughs> that have been done in the final cut are so subtle that the majority of people I don't even think would be able to pick them out. You know, and your die-hard Blade Runner fans would be John Fouts, you know, yourself, Bob, probably. <laughs> uh, I, I think I'd probably pick some of them out, but a lot of them I wouldn't. Yeah. Whereas with Star Wars, you go, oh, right, due back. You know, oh, look, where'd all them stormtroopers come from? Because it is so blatant <laughs> and in your face. Yeah. So it's the same with the, the Lord of the Rings, I think, as well. That was how you properly do an extended cut. Yeah. Yeah. Or aliens. And I, yeah. Yes. And I won't, I won't watch the originals in, in, in those cases, you know, because they're, they're, they're legit. So, what are some of your favorite uh, favorite director's cuts, Neil? Or do you generally, you know? Well, you named one, <laughs> which is uh, which is Aliens. Yeah. Uh, actually, extended cut of Lord of the Rings. Again, uh, I would say extended cut of the Hobbits. Um, you know, it, I do you know what I dream about <laughs> is. And I, th- I, I suspect they're going to do it because it's about money. Is that they're going to do a extended cut of the Star Wars movies? Um, mm-hmm. The original ones, them. you mean, or all of them? All of them. Okay. Uh, be- because they should. Because they, it would be interesting. It, it's, it would be. Imagine seeing the original scenes of Luke Skywalker and, and Biggs on Tatooine yeah, and, uh, and Koo Stark and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, it would just be an interesting situation to do, you know to, to do, and I I, th- I I find that that concept fascinating, and I would love to see that. I you know if they, if I was running Lucasfilm, for example, that's what I'd do. Yes, it would piss people off, but it, you don't have. And then if you release it alongside the original versions of the movie, you know from the film scan to 4K, nobody can complain. Then you know that's like wow, then we got we've got the original cut, we've got the special edition cuts. And we've got the uh, the extended cuts with you know all new enhancements and everything else with VFX done in the proper way. I, I wouldn't be surprised that they're doing this as we speak. That would you blow know. our minds, wouldn't it, if they came out? I remember when there's two director's cuts coming out that just totally wow that blew my mind, and it was um, uh, which one was Superman two, the Richard Donner cut, which was rumored for decades. It exists. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. And it eventually came out. And it's, you know, it's an unfinished form, but it's still really cool to see all this footage that hasn't been shot. The other one was the Alien Special Edition, which came out, I remember, in the video store when that came out. It's that thing rented crazily. You know, for people mm. that owned the original Aliens, they were like, oh, it's like, you know, 17, 18 extra minutes in it. Oh, my God, watch it. And it makes the film so much better. And yeah. uh, even with extended cuts, like watching Superman the movie or Superman 3 on TV, you would see all different scenes in that. You think, hang on a minute, and see that in the cinema. What, what, what is this? <laughs> Why is this different? And it's for, for geeks, it's amazing watching stuff that's been in the vaults for decades. And yeah, I'm getting all giddy. I want to watch this Biggs and Goose Stark stuff because I've seen stills of it 
and I know it exists and I, I've heard the scenes on the radio plays so I know where it fits into the storyline stuff but I'd love to see those versions and if you have the Blu-rays you can actually watch those scenes badly yeah. cobbled together oh yeah they're, 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 they're there um, the reason why they should do this soon is they have to go back to all the original film elements and rescan them which I have a feeling they've done this already because Rogue One had some of those elements you know from the original outtakes from the original films uh, and the film is deteriorating badly. The reason being is the film stock they use for the Star Wars movies was not the uh, the most long life film stock, shall we say? It's deteriorating faster than anything. So it's uh, it's something they should jump onto. But you know, people are people are what they are. You know, so um, it's it's. A, there was another director's cut you just mentioned that. Uh, I really ju- liked. Well, oh, I know actually that the Alien director's cut, the original yes, Alien. I've film. got that one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I like that scene <laughs> where you see the. You know, I I know people say, well, it's not the right flow, story flow, but it's so creepy when I think it's Dallas. I think uh, yeah, the is. captain is 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 in. He's interred by the aliens, and he's about. To, you know, he's she sets him on fire. It's horrific. Yeah absolutely horrific scene i love it what about the terminator 2 director's cut have you guys seen that three of those isn't it i think there's a dvd set that's got more than one on it so you've got the uh because we'd seen in the trailer i think michael bean popping back up in the dream sequence you're like oh wow he's gonna be it so you go to theater you watch that and it's not in it you're like huh what happened there why is that scene missing and then eventually the special edition came out and it's got that in it. It's got the Terminator, the T-1000 malfunctioning, so its hand gets melded into the railings and blah, 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 blah. And then there's a further director's cut that has the the made-up, it's not great makeup, the old Sarah Connor right at the end. So it's got oh, yeah. that one on it as well. So it's like whatever version you want. But I think that makes for a better film as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually funny how that, that one ties in quite well well, it actually doesn't really think about it. It, it. it should tie in quite well to uh, the, the new Terminator movie, but that one just goes off in a whole different direction, you know, because <laughs> it's still young Sarah Connor with the, the boy. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, I guess they conflict with each other, don't they? Because you, you see, you know, basically Terminator 2, they infer that Sarah Connor lives through the, uh, the apocalypse. Mm. And then you've got another version where, you know, Sarah Connor still younger than the old Sarah Connor in Terminator 2 comes back and helps fight the Terminators again in a different reality. So it, it gets quite confusing, doesn't it? So, Rob, do you think we'll ever get the full long version of Star Trek V The Final Frontier? I, I would genuinely... I like that film. It's not an amazing film, but I genuinely like that one. So I, I love would, it. I would I love, love it. to see the really long one. I don't know, but um, have you heard that the um, the writer of the Wrath of Khan is submitting a script for a new Star Trek movie. Is this oh. going to be a rebooted? Which timeline? It's very confusing. Just bring back no, the I believe, next Jane I think or it's Kirk going to be in the Kelvin timeline, but I'm not sure. I don't. I haven't been able to find enough information on it yet. So is that the JJ universe? To yes. Call it? Right. Okay. Yeah, my least favorite of the Star Trek universes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. Are you excited about that? Or are you a little bit sort of gun shy after the downfall of Picard? I think um, I think Star Trek as a franchise needs to be sold on to uh, to somebody else, and maybe they can breathe uh, a new direction to it. And 
Wow. So what would you do, Neil, if you got that phone call and went, right, Star Trek. I'd be happy with Star that. Trek. <laughs> I'd be happy with Star Trek going to Neil. Let's do it. Well, I, I'll first ring up Rob and let's talk about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> what direction then, would you take it in, Neil? Do you think, would you take it in, a, in like a, a darker tone or, or are you keeping all you know, the secrets until you do get that phone call? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I tell you, I tell you, I, I'll, I, I the one thing I felt they were starting to do right in Star Trek Discovery was uh, starting to, you know, was was the uh, Captain Pike. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, everyone jumped on that and enjoyed it because it was. It's like they had the the uniforms the right color, uh, you know, and it just started to feel a little bit bit like the old Star Trek. And I don't know, I. I think everyone's been trying to fix it. Uh, and, and to give you an example, uh, what's it called? Um, the Orville is a good example of oh. somebody who loved the next gen mm-hmm. and said, they're not doing it right. I'm going to fix it. And if you look at the Orville, I mean, first season was strict comedy. Uh, so they couldn't get sued by Star Trek, but the second season they kind of threw the comedy away, if you notice, because it's like, yep. man, I, I really wanted this to be next gen. <laughs> and I, 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 I admire them for doing that. So I think that they were doing the right thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I would definitely go back to the original series texture of things and, uh, you know, try to go down that path. And I would probably look at something like yesterday's enterprise. Yes. Which, yep. That was that was Star Trek done right and so done well. And even the best of both worlds, part one and two. And, you know, combining the two types of Star Trek, you know, that that go, going down a little bit more realistic path, but embracing the original series much more. Because there's, there's a reason why the fan films, uh, you know, they go to the trouble of building the original set. And I, I know people have made those. It's one of the fan films uh, quite well. And... Uh, one of the good ones. But when you go back to the original Enterprise set and they recreate it, there's something magical about that set. And there's something magical about, uh, you know, the, that, that universe. Mm. And, you know, trying to ha- come to Star Trek with your own agenda, with your own, okay, we've got to have representation, we've got to have this and that, you know. Uh, Star Trek, the original Star Trek had representation yeah. and did it well and did it proper. And I, I think that's, you know, it's, it's you, we've got to cut out our agendas and say, what's the heart of the original Star Trek? And that's when Star Trek works, when they go back to the source. So I think that's all I would do. I'd just go right back to the source. I think they kind of tried to do it with the Kelvin film, but then they went all rock star on it, you know, with the flashy lights and, uh, you know, the, 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 the lens flares and everything. Lens flares. <laughs> Paramount <laughs> wanted Star Wars, didn't they? But they did, a, they did a good job. Yeah. I think they did it well at the time. But, you know, and it was really, I thought it was tastefully done. Uh, so I, I think that that was, that people enjoyed it for those, the, the tasteful moments, you know. And I mean, this is, I'm not a film analyst, but I I just liked it when it was like, it was like, hey, it had a real feeling of the original series. And I think that's what people really want, you know, is not a nostalgia curve, but a, but a hey, this is what, you know, Star Trek was. And this is why it's still popular. I watched the original series a lot. Even now, when I'm working, I, I put it on, and and sitting on the edge of for sitting on the edge of forever is such a 
a work of art and such a great story. And I, you know, Keeler. Yeah. It's, mm. it's, it gives me goosebumps to even think about the story, you know, and that, that's what Star Trek should be, you know, and that's, yeah, you know, they don't always, they didn't always get it right in the original series, but when they got it right, whoa, it's, uh, you know, it's science fiction. It's real science fiction written by real science fiction writers, mm. you know, and that's, that's the secret. That's the secret. That's what we want in this world, you know. I'm sure you agree, Rob, don't you? Yeah, I, I'm sold. You know, <laughs> let's get CBS on the phone right now and uh, sign the deal. Yeah. Are we yeah. still going to make are we still gonna make goats and whales, though, Bob? Rob. <laughs> <laughs> that no, needs, no, that needs to happen. We've got now. people waiting no. for that film. I was going to say, you know, you've, you've got to get the uh, contract signed with the goats, and I think they're a bit, you know, they're not available at the moment. No, I mean, we could do animatronic. Get Stan Winston's studio on the case. They could probably do <laughs> animatronic goats. Better than that CGI fluff. So, Neil, have, <laughs> I, you, have you watched anything lately that, that uh, you could throw into the recommendation pot? Oh, yes, I've just been can. too busy editing your, uh, your mammoth epic movie. Oh, I'm editing it as we speak. Which is not about mammoths, anybody who's just joined this one for the first episode. Neil is not making them. I don't think there's any mammoths <laughs> in it anyway. Uh, I nearly went down a path of Neanderthals, actually. There so. you go. So I'm, I'm on the right path then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what you he's had Haggis, Haggis mating calls in there. Oh. Yes. Yeah. I, have, have you, uh, Bob, um, sorry, Bob, have you ever eaten haggis? Regularly. I love haggis. Yeah. Oh, I like haggis too. Oh. I've never tried it. What's oh. it, is it? Is it really made of sheep's no, stomach? Or? No, no, no. The no. sheep's stomach is what they cook it in, or used no. to. Yeah, used to, used to. It, it basically, um, have you ever had black pudding? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm Similar York, kind of idea. So, yeah. yeah, I Similar think it's kind, kind of, of like, with black pudding, you will go, ooh, that's kind of spicy, tangy, whatever. Haggis isn't as much as. Yeah. If you, oh. if you get a chance to have a proper Scottish breakfast... With you know, the haggis in it, go for it. Mm. It's Highly like recommend. spicy mince, basically, isn't it? Yeah. To, sorry, oh, it's dead. not bad. But we, um, I went around the supermarket just like a couple of years ago, I think, around January, yeah. which is the Burns night, which is around yeah. the, the time that everybody goes crazy and eats haggis. And I saw on the shelf a vegetarian haggis. So I'm thinking, oh, yeah. it's kind of unusual. I'm not quite sure how you can have a vegetarian haggis, but let's try it. So I bought it, and it's really nice so the vegetarian haggis is very very nice as well but they did used to there's this mythos where it's like oh it's sheep stomachs no it's not they used to cook it in a sheep stomach because when you buy Ah. a haggis it's encased in this plastic thing you know to keep it all in or spill the membrane to keep it yeah the membrane that's plastic way Um, way 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 back it used to be a sheep stomach but it's not anymore and correct me if i'm wrong those of you kind of from north of the border yeah but um the the insult that the scots call the English, which is Sassanach, yep. actually means sheep stomach. That oh. I didn't know, so you've educated me on that one. Yeah. No, but I do remember the Sassanach. Yep. See, I, I, always have a, I, I always have a problem with, uh, you know, intestinal things. I did a music video in 1992 for a band called Misery, and I, I want it to be the goriest music video ever made, and it, it is. Um, <laughs> and so we had the singer cut in half in a... <laughs> In an Australian forest that looked like a, you know, a European forest, a pine tree forest, cut in half and with the intestines spread out everywhere, singing the song, holding his own heart in his hand and completely, you know, 
so we actually use real intestines for it. Yep. And because it was the Australian summertime, oh. uh, the gut started smelling so bad. And I mean, so bad. And flies started coming in and the singer himself couldn't handle it. A yeah. guy called Moises. And he, he had to put stuff up his nose to stop the smell. But it got so rotten. And I had to film this stuff. And I had, at the end, I had these hands come in to squeeze the intestines. Oh. And one, of them, one of them burst. Oh. And, and the smell was like, it was oh. horrendous. So I can't, you know, I'm always a bit funny about meat. Yeah, so yeah. that's why haggis is, scares me. With, with, with haggis, seek out the vegetarian haggis, and it'll it doesn't really taste up much different to the haggis haggis. Because obviously, give it a try. Yeah, growing up yeah, in but, Scotland, it was pretty much like, hey, what day of the week is it? Yeah, it's haggis day because it kind of yeah. was, you know. So oh, you tend to you have had that. haggis day. Well, no, pretty much every day was probably haggis day in Scotland. It was it was one of those. You know, pie and chips is the English thing. Haggis and haggis, you know, tatties and neeps. haggis and, and potatoes and, and and turnip and whatnot was the the Scottish one. So we we would yep. have that regularly. <laughs> and then on Robert Burns' night, was a Scottish poet, it would be you'd all go out, you'd listen to really crap, you know, music. When you when you're a kid, you're like, this is all accordions and bagpipes. <laughs> oh God, kill me now. Um, and uh, so yeah, Neil, I've still not forgiven you for pointing out the bagpipe player during the Rhapsody of Fire. Tour, the, the band like following his bagpipe. I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. Bagpipes don't be. Oh, Neil's oh, running behind this guy, great. filming him. I'm like, it's bagpipe. I hate bagpipes because it oh. was like, no, that's all I heard. You, you would be put off bagpipes if your dad got drunk every New Year's Eve and decided to bring out his bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> so you can now see why my despisal of bagpipes comes from, uh, you oh, know, great. a whiskey sozzled crap bagpipe player strangling a cat yes do, do um but what's what's the traditional weird food of white welsh people what, what's white like does wales have something like that um yeah you got yeah barbreth um what's cake that? which is um it's like a um do you know, like kind of a, a fruit loaf with um, added tea. Um, so it's like soaked in tea. Um, it's, it tastes better than it sounds. And then you've got um, Welsh rarebit, which is... Um, cheese on toast. <laughs> yeah, posh cheese on toast. <laughs> well, so what? what is the rare bit then? Is that just like a type of cheese? Who knows? Oh, you just make it uh, as a kid. I always thought it was Welsh rabbit. But yeah, that's what I thought. Not. Yeah. No, oh, oh it's just oh, cheese God. on toast. Okay, well, I suppose yeah. you've got to give things names. You don't want to <gasps> special day, Rob. How would you like some cheese on toast? You, oh, thank you. <laughs> that's not something over. You've got to fluff it up and make it sound a bit more classy, isn't it? So that's mm. where Welsh rabbit comes from. Mm. Has anyone eaten rabbit, by the way? Yes, yes. Um, yep. No, no. Has anyone a eaten? made me a very nice rabbit so, pie. Without being rude, said, what's the strangest thing that each person on this virtual table has eaten? Rob, you start. Ooh, Not being rude. No idea at the moment. Okay. Neil. Uh, okay, two. Okay. Bo- boiled rabbit. Okay. You shouldn't boil meat, number one. No. And I had to eat it, and I was a guest of somebody. It was <gasps> horrendous. Oh. But it tasted terrible. But the other weird one was I was in Bulgaria, hanging around with the 
rock star Nettie John Cross, who lived there at the time, and we went to the head of the mafia's house. As <laughs> you do, yeah, you pretty much I, eat whatever I, he tells you. Would have thought. Well, he was he was cooking breakfast, and he said, uh, "Here, I cooked you some breakfast." And I thought, "Thank you," and it was actually delicious. And he I, he didn't explain what it was, but it was lamb's brains. Yep. So that was the two. Wow. Quite yummy, but horrific. Bob. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I've eaten some kind of what some people would probably call odd, but uh, the two that I turned my nose up at totally, and I, I, I wanted to try, but I, my stomach just told me no, were um, frog's legs and snails. Oh, and did, did you say, you said no to these? I turned my nose right. up at them. But what's the strangest thing you've said yes to? Probably things like um, tripe and <laughs> kind of black puddings and things like that. Tripe and elder and black puddings. Cow eel. Um, pig's cheek. Pig's cheek? Oh, yeah. Tell, us the, tell a story a about that. You don't go to a oh, restaurant and go, mm, I, I love some No, no, no. Yeah. I was very young and like I say, um, my grandfather was quite old-fashioned. And like I say, he used to have these things like, you know, uh, mm. you know, trotters you know um tripe and elder pig's cheeks things like that and so yeah basically when we were staying with my grandfather and grandmother you know as a kid probably about three four year old i'd try it because you know hey you know you're you're immortal at that age <laughs> would you have that now if somebody went to some of this um i probably would yeah I'd, I, I, because i've had it before you know I, it's one of those things we're very kind of conservative with a small c normally when it comes to trying new foods you know people are tend to be a little reticent at times should you yes. say and you know you kind of you know you start take two steps back sometimes when you're offered some things um but a bit like neil it's a case of some of the things that as a kid i would have turned my nose up as you know kind of as a teenager and early 20s i've tried since and love things like scallops um, I mean, my father was never a fan of fish or any kind of seafood. And uh, the only times that I ever tried anything like that was uh, my mother had a Portuguese friend. And when we went staying down with her, you know, I tried different things because she was making them. And so, like I say, you know, it's basically a case of I, I, I've become a little more adventurous that way. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going for uh, squid, which I've had, which is, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people. Yeah, that's, that. that's not. Odd. That's normal. No. Yeah, considering somebody who hates seafood, and uh, <laughs> shark have eaten, uh, yeah. buffalo, and kangaroo. No, I've never eaten kangaroo. I would never yeah. normally uh, eat a, a country. The one that I want to try animal. is snake. No, I couldn't oh. do that. Yeah, I want to try snake. It's meant to be very tasty. Mm. No, snake no, steak. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's like a weird topic. So, yes, Neil, what have you watched? <laughs> have you watched oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've watched a, a series on Hulu called Devs, D-E-V-S. Oh, yes. yep. Now, uh, it's uh, it's beautifully shot. And when I say beautifully shot, it's shot by the guy who shot uh, the new Mission Impossible movie. And they, they are succinctly good at using shadows and natural light and it's an absolute work of art it's it's written directed by alex garland who did uh ex machina ex machina 20, 28 days etc 
Annihilation. And I, so far, so good. It's an absolute work of art. The, uh, the story pacing, and I always have this problem with TV shows, is they seem to drag the story out. So not a lot happens every in, in an hour. But, uh, and I only say that because I'm in the middle of doing exactly a, a six-hour movie or an eight-hour movie, and so much of stuff happens in my film in the first two hours, TV series, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, I, I'm, I'm, my brain is wired differently for pacing. But it's, it's an absolute work of art. Uh, visually and you know tonally it's 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 just quite incredible <laughs> bless you um the, the other one i started watching was it's on amazon prime and i've forgotten the name hang on it's uh oh in the loop i think it is the okay. loop hang on i think hang on let me just google this yep. amazon a uh, tales from the loop that's it so tales from the loop and it's just again really slow dreary science fiction-y artistic creation and it's a canadian production but it's a good canadian production in the sense that it's done right it's not done to appease american uh, audiences from the usa it's it's stylistically beautiful and an absolute work of art and it stars um jonathan price which is a british actor i believe yeah and he's which i think it wasn't here wasn't here um wasn't he in Doctor Who? Wasn't he a master or something at one point? No, I don't think a... so. But he, he's been in quite a lot of things. He's he been, looks yeah, like he's the a... master. <laughs> <laughs> he's been around Brazil, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stuff like that. And he, he's quite good in this. He's quite honest, uh, which is why I, you know, I, I quite enjoy his performance in it. But they, they, they did it right. You know, it's one of those. It's a really good series, but it's the sort of thing you could almost put you to sleep or put you into a, you know, make your brain go, go crazy, you know. So it's a, uh, it's a very special uh, type of series, you know. It's not for the, it's not exciting. The other one I've been watching is the Last Ship, which was okay. uh, a series. It's, it's I think um, Michael Bay produces it, and um, the first two seasons are quite incredible. And, uh, you know, I would say well acted and the dialogue is a bit, but the, the actual story plotting is quite remarkably done and it just keeps you on the, it's very watchable. It's very post-apocalyptic. It's about a virus, uh, that takes out most of humanity. And there's these people in the ship who work on a cure and they've got the cure and, uh, they, um, you know, they're trying to give the cure to other people, you know, to, to the rest of the world, but people don't trust them. So it's, you know, it's kind of very valid. So it's a documentary then. It's not so much a fiction yeah. show. <laughs> so very if you want some pure life. escapism, check out the pandemic show, uh, The Last Ship. Exactly. <laughs> do they wear masks in the show? That's all I need to know. Uh, they do, yes. That's good. So, yes. so it's, not, be- so it's not believable then. <laughs> but see, once they've got the cure... Season three and four is about the cure and the rich society. It's like, yeah, I want to see more of the, the, you know, the post-apocalyptic world, you know. So it's, I'm yet to know how it ends. So I don't know, but it's, it's been, it's a good show. It's still worth, at least season one or two are definitely worth your while. If, if you, you know, you feel like watching something about a virus. Because, <laughs> you know, I like all this pure fiction stuff. It's, uh, it's very entertaining. Yeah. So Bob, have you watched anything exciting? Sadly, no. no. Um, since okay. the last time we talked, wow. yeah, literally just been watching a few things on, you know, kind of TV series and, uh, you know, bits of documentaries about 
history on World War Two kind of thing. But yeah, it, literally, it's a case of um, nothing much in the way of films or anything because uh, been a bit busy. So <gasps> you should never be too busy for films. Well, this next week, definitely. Yes. Why I'm back at work? Are you actually back in the office this coming week? No, no, working, oh, from, working home, from home. Same here. It's sort of a fourteen-hour day. What? How does that work? Um, logging into the system about half seven, and basically, although it's my first week back, I'm on call as well. <laughs> That's going to suck. So it's going to be like <laughs> ten at night before I'm out, logging out of the system. It's like all these people, including myself, I might add. I mean, I've still been working from home, but when we have to go back out into the real world. Holiday blues uh, will fade in comparison to the sledgehammer that is going to hit humanity when it has to actually go back out <laughs> oh, yeah. and mingle. My <laughs> God, I am not looking for looking forward to that time when it's like, right, it's all over, all done. Never mind your masks, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> all go back to work. I'm going to be so miserable. That's uh, oh. you know madness. So, and this begins tomorrow, is it, Bob? Yes, seven thirty in the morning. I'm going to be online. Good luck. Uh, I mean, at least you're in your house, so you. Can... Well, yeah, true. See, I keep forgetting we have we have these logger things for our work. So it's like if you're doing one thing, you put yourself into that on your log, so they can yeah. obviously they know what you're doing. And then if you go to the bathroom, then you put your little thing on personal time, and you go away and you do whatever you need to do, and you come back. I keep forgetting to do that. So it's like for the past three or four weeks, apparently, I have never gone to the bathroom. I've never gone to make made a cup of tea or anything. So I need to start doing because yeah. they'll be like, I'm going to minute. I'll be like, oh, I just don't need to go to the bathroom. Just, you know, got a bottle under the desk. I'll learn some stuff <laughs> from being on a tour bus. <laughs> don't need to go to the bathroom. Why not? Where do you think I've got the laptop set up? That's a good idea. I might, uh, yeah, I may do that. So, Neil, uh, what do you think about the the thing that Bob, Rob and I are planning on doing video podcasts so we may go down the Zoom sort of route as well as audio, we may do video for those few people that look at it on YouTube I I, I, I think it could be good Yeah. Uh, you know, it's I spoke to a podcaster actually in Los Angeles who does one of the big Star Wars podcasts uh, and Talking about monetization, because podcasting is my, you know, I, I, I listen to a lot. I said, dude, how, how are you surviving financially with the podcast? And he says, well, I make the most money from the video side. It's the same podcast, but a video version. And when it goes on YouTube, he monetizes, yeah. monetizes it. So I, I think yes. it could work. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's exciting. I'd like to see how people look, you know. Uh, it would be interesting, especially, you know, just to see if Rob is, uh, you know, if he's got any goats behind him or if Bob's <laughs> drinking whiskey or something, you know, it would be exciting to see yeah. things is like Bob that. ever not drinking whiskey. Um. We, will, we will find out on a future episode of the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> is, is he drinking as, as, as he podcasts? That's the big question. I've got a pint the of question, beer at the moment. Does that count? The question is though, do I, uh, shave before uh, next week or do I just yeah. stay as I am because I haven't bothered since uh, lockdown began do you know what if, oh, it's, if it's good enough Grizzly for ZZ Top then it's, it's <laughs> alright for you Rob but Rob would you wear a Star Trek costume if, if requested um, I would if uh, they did one in my size do you have one 
I don't. I do have a, a Klingon Batlath that I am uh, considering just hanging behind me. See, that's the thing, is that the hard part would be like, right, well, everybody needs to just think about which way they're pointing their computer because you need a backdrop. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I know that's what I'm doing. It's like I've been putting picture frames up and everything because you know, that's the way I'm going to face and this is how long the cable is and blah, blah, blah. And then each week I can't wear the same T-shirt. Not that I generally do, but I might do. <laughs> so I've obviously got to make sure that each week I choose a different T-shirt. And, yeah, cause you, we're, you we're sitting... way too much about Well, this. no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> It was because um, I mean, Rob and I had spoke so often about doing live podcasts. Yeah, and you know we could still go down that route, but I think the problem with those is when you've got a chat room, you've got people jumping in and out. You feel obliged to go, "Hey, Neil's in the chat room," and then if you're listening to that podcast six months down the line, you're like, "I don't what? What are you talking about? Just start talking about goats and whales again." <laughs> yeah. So you kind of that's have to fair enough though when Neil's room. there, but you know we can just ignore everyone else. Oh god, yeah, I'd do that anyway. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know you two would show up. I was just planning on talking to Neil. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we are, remember that <laughs> we are pondering doing video podcasts. Uh, Bob and I did a quick Zoom test earlier on in the week. The technology worked. Uh, the record part didn't, but that was because if you use it on a tablet, there's different functions than if you use it on a laptop, apparently. Who knew? Exactly. So I installed it on a laptop and all those different functions were there. So we just need to do a test at some point to make sure it records and what it looks like and what it yeah. sounds like. And if it's good, we will go ahead and do both. So there will be we'll video ones at some point next week. and audio ones. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, well, it means, to be fair, next week, you're kind of on your 14-hour days, so, you know, I may let you off. I'm allowed a break are you though i don't know I'm not. yeah are you sure yeah i've got to eat <laughs> that's i go true. to the bathroom and things like that <laughs> yeah i'm not taking these not taking these calls on the toilet you know oh uh, but have have you taken a call on the toilet don't just don't please don't say yes bob because because <laughs> i've never taken a work call on the toilet uh. <laughs> if you listen to episode 512, you may hear a certain tension around 42 minutes in. Yeah. A friend of mine did kind of have a thing going on where it was a case of there was a challenge to basically um, it, when friends were talking to each other, you know, phoning up on the phone. The challenge was to be in the oddest position. So, so like you say, brain's you know, gone take, really... taking a friend's phone call on while you're on the loo is one thing. Nope. Uh, I won't tell out. you who won that one nope. and how. I could probably imagine because <laughs> that's exactly where my brain went to first. Yeah. <laughs> what did the uh, person's partner think about them winning the challenge then? Never asked her. Oh, okay. Ah. <laughs> yep. oh dear. And the partner went, Meh. <laughs> 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 oh. So what's Rob, they're giving away your uh, <laughs> your secrets. <laughs> so what is the the state of play where you are, Neil? Lockdown wise, etc., etc. As we do our continuing uh, sort of diary thing of what it's like to be locked down on planet Earth. What's things like where you are? I miss England. I will say this, mm-hmm. though I suspect it's probably just as bad there. Um, yep. You know, it's I. You go to the shops. And uh, certain shops, they don't enforce the rules, and I refuse to walk in them. It's it's like everywhere you look, there's someone being stupid about it, and nobody gets it. And I am a germaphobe. I have the N95 mask. 
and I have so much hand sanitizer, it's not funny, and my, I, I, I'm so paranoid because I've had it. Um, people are just not doing what they should, and there's a point where you say, okay, let them be stupid. I, yes, I have seen the photos from the UK when their pubs opened. Mm. Yeah. Um, if they want to be stupid, let them be stupid. There's nothing you can do about it, and hopefully more of them will get killed off. It's just sad when they have to, you know, an old person, you know, yes. goes down, mm. and that's the worst thing. And the thing that just horrifies me is the Christian mentality when they have like Christian camps here, you know, Christian holiday camps. They open a Christian holiday camp. I'm pretty sure they claimed, you know, Jesus's protection over it, and I'll Jesus. Jesus infected every single one of those people at the camp, all 83 of them. Ow. So that's what scares me. You know, it's it's in a way, maybe this will bring about a, a new respect for science uh, because, you know, science is the only thing that's saving us. And I'm so into science and, and proper science. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's our only hope in reality. But it's it just... It's going to be—I won't say it's—it's it's going to be in general the survival, the survival of the fittest, but it's going to be the survival of the intelligent people, yeah. you know, ultimately. And I think in twenty years or fifty years, looking back, there'll be really good answers to this. But right now, it's—you uh, know—people are stupid. I wanted to criticize them, but I've realized that I, I really can't. You know, I can criticize a religion, I cannot criticize the individual because I don't have that right. Um, but my God, I've wanted to heckle some people. And if you ever, you've heard the term Karens? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. I encounter those Karens because of where I live. It's like they're they're everywhere, Ooh. and they will. This, the, the 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 post office is the worst because I have to mail something on the post office a lot, and uh, to drop a package off, there's always a Karen who walks in the post office without a mask. She gets right yelled at by you. the staff. Yeah, or in front of me. Yep. There's always one of them around somewhere or in, in the shop. A girl, a woman, you know, who seems to be wealthy and self-righteous will walk in and not wear a mask. And people yell at her and she says, no, I've got a right to do this. And I've seen those people more than anything else. Well, does somebody not have the right to punch her in the face then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a litigious society. That's the problem. Because it's like I... I'm still one of the benefits of this whole pandemic is it's cleaning up my Facebook friends list because you look at some people and you go, why are you even on my list? Get off. And it was like, I'm not wearing a mask because they're telling me to wear a mask. And then six months down the line, we're all slaves. You're like, kind of a stretch. I get where you're headed, but get off my timeline. Bang. Unfriend. Like yeah. One of the things that worries me is, um, Governments around the world, I'm not kind of going to cast aspersions on any given one, but governments around the world, to a certain degree, are playing it to the effect of, oh, we're relying on the common sense of our people. Yeah. And the problem is, yeah. there is now no such thing as common sense. It died there a few isn't. years ago, I'm sure. No, because saw, I saw somebody today, and it started the hashtag British Common Sense um, I, I can drive down, I can now drive down the road without a seatbelt on because I have common sense that I will not get involved in an accident. And you go, okay, I can see where she's headed with that. So then, I mean, she obviously she's having a dig at that. And I said, yeah. well, British common sense, I can hear traffic coming. So that now means I'm okay to cross the road with my eyes shut 
because I will not get hit by a car. So then it started off a bit of a trend where people, because this British yeah. co- people don't have common sense. They really nope. don't. They're they're just some may, you know, like us where we're just staying at home and not going out when we have to. Um, so Bob dropped off because we're allowed to mix two households now. Bob dropped a box of Blu-rays off. What day of the week was it, Bob? Thursday? Thursday. Yep. Kept social distance, though. It is. First person in my house since the second week of March. That was mm-hmm. Bob. So nobody's been inside the house other than me and Annette since the, like probably about third week of March, to be honest. Nobody. That's common sense. Yep. It's crazy. People do not have common sense. They want to go sit on a beach. They want to go, yay, look, we can go to a pub. Hey, no, I don't want to go to a pub. I, I feel sorry it? for theatre owners over here and yeah. and business yeah. owners. However, I don't feel sorry for them enough to go and mix with a big bunch of strangers and get sick. Well, it's like, you know, kind of, I live very close to quite a large pub. Mm-hmm. I can, uh, as I'm sitting here chatting now, I'm looking out and I can see the beer garden of this pub and what have you. And earlier today, literally when I left here to take Emily back home, we drove past and the beer garden was absolutely cram jam. Social distancing be damned. None of them wearing masks. You know, I, I just thought there's no hope. It's crazy, isn't it? It's like, you know, people may have common sense, which they don't. But then when you fill them full of alcohol or put people uh, of yeah. the opposite sex <laughs> or whoever they choose to fancy in this day and age, within yes. proximity, social distancing will go right out the window. Exactly. It's yeah. crazy. And then where it's a case of in Scotland, it's a two metre social distancing rule. In England, yep. it's one. Well, has anybody let the virus know that there's a different sort of... I'm <laughs> yeah. pretty sure nobody has. I think it's the same virus, but apparently Scotland are doing it right from what I've seen. Yeah. You know, mm. but, and I don't know too much about Wales. I think Wales are more along the Scotland line, but England yeah, are just are. kind of like, yeah, well, it's fine now. Uh, go, well, back, go back to work. It. We've got the whole thing of like, okay, right, you know, we're, we're trying to get kind of businesses back in line and kind of working. So um, we're going to give people, if you go out for a meal to a restaurant on a Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday, (laughs) every person is allowed to have £10 off their, you know, we'll give you a voucher to get £10 off your meal costs. I'm good, thanks. I'm all right. So it's a case of, (laughs) right. So, yeah, you want us to go out and not social distance and, uh, well, yeah, fine. Yeah. What it's taught, one of the many, many things that I've been taught is support your local small shops. Yeah. Good idea. I, yeah, will, yes. I will rather go across the road and pay a little bit more for the shops, you know, the bits and pieces that I need, than go to Asda. And I know I get an Iceland order and they deliver all the big food and stuff, but I will still rather go across the road well, than walk into Asda and just face yeah. that hellhole. Strengthen yeah. what you've said. I've been doing very, you know, shopping at various places where I've needed to kind of thing. Yeah. Like I say, I've been into places like Asda. There is no social distancing by the staff as well as the customers. No, there isn't. People are not following the arrows on the floor to follow, you know, the, the kind of route through the place. Um, whereas I've been to local, you know, small local shops. Um, you know, there's a butcher's that I go to on a, a you know, a semi-regular basis uh, to get, because, you know, basically there's good meat and what have you. Um, and they're very hot on the social distancing. Yeah. There's, you know, they've even marked the ground, you know, the, the sidewalk as Neil would know, or the pavement, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with basically two meter 
spacings outside. Um, so, and literally, you're only allowed four people into the shop. It's quite a big one as well. So, yeah. you know, it's, but they're sticking to it. And luckily, like I say, the customers are sticking to it. So, yeah. Well, there's, there's a chip shop in town, that, and it's the smallest chip shop. So you, you now walk into this chip shop up a little corridor. You get within a few feet. There's two trays, one to put your cash card down on or whatever, and one to get, or one to put your money down, one to get your change. You order what you're doing, and then you walk over a few feet to a holding area where they've got social distance marked squares. You then stand yep. in one of those. The woman comes out with your food, puts it on a table in the corner of those, and then when she's backed off, you then walk over, pick your stuff up, and leave the shop. It's the, to, that Excellent. is the best place I've seen so far for setup yep. and they've had that done very quickly as soon as shops were allowed to open they were up and running and i will use them more because we'll safe going in there but asda and yep. stuff is horrendous rob and i yep. were chatting at the beginning of this about asda i went down on tuesday morning and i was purposely counting and out of probably i mean i didn't count how many people were in there but it's easily two three hundred at a time uh, 13 yep. masks and Aww. the 13 masks was accurate because i was counting and I even, yeah. you know, there was just such a small amount that I knew whether I'd counted somebody before. Uh, no staff. Yeah. I don't know whether staff have to wear them or not. But they, it, but from they, what I've heard, yeah, I was going to say, from what I've heard, the people on the tills don't have to because, uh, as far as I'm aware, they're all in kind of little cubicles now. <laughs> Which else did you go in? Uh, no, I've not seen oh. that one. No, no cubicles. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I was in Morrison's recently, yep. just down the road. And they basically, the, the, the actual cashiers, you know the the till you know the operators on the tills that scan your um, yeah. you know your purchases. They're all in like a a perspex cubicle here. Oh, I didn't see that. I'm not saying for a fact that they weren't, but I didn't. I would. I mean, I worked yeah. there for quite a few years. I would. Oh, I was going to say. I I'm pretty sure the one here. Really? Yeah, I've been into the one here. At, you know where I live in Fleetwood and. The Asda here, they've got the Perspex screens up and everything, yeah. I would say I'll check next time I'm in, but I don't yeah. plan on going in anytime soon. It put me off. I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm yeah. going to stick know, to it online it, shopping. Lidl's another one that do it. So, yes, yeah. Lidl I know they do, because somebody mentioned that. Yeah. But it's so, just it's madness. Yeah, but they're, as far as I'm aware, they're the only people that are exempt, you know, because they're you know, in there, because they're basically screened off. Yeah, which is fair enough, isn't it? Yeah. It's the same with bus drivers. Because they're behind the screen. They don't have to. No, they're fine. And the buses aren't yeah. too bad. We caught a bus on the way back up after we went to our little shopping trip and it was paid cashless. Yeah. You know, everybody was social distancing. You will see some people on there that don't have to wear a mask because of asthma reasons or whatever. And who knows? But generally, people are uh, are pretty good. But we're living in strange times. So, uh, so Neil, what is the, the week ahead got in store for you? Oh, it's it's a painful week. Uh, I'm editing. I've sold off just about every single camera because I'm going to f- heavy post-production. Uh, I've sold off every camera I've got, uh, and I'm purchasing another camera just as a, a green screen VFX camera. Um, it's, it's just hard to do those things. And I actually, this week, I also started building a couple of final robot props for the Time War. And... Uh, these big giant robot things. Uh, I I made myself sick from the fumes of the paint. Oh, no. So, <laughs> I I I it brings me back to uh, this guy called Doug Drexler, who's the guy who did the VFX for Star Trek and Galactica, the Star Trek Voyager and Galactica and stuff. 
and uh, he's quite a major guy in the in the you know science fiction film industry. And I asked him why he stopped building you know physical models and went to the CG route so early because you know Galactica had good CG, but you know it's, it looks a little dated now. But he said it's he used to build all the models, and I'm you know I, I know the guys by the way who built the models on two thousand one A Space Odyssey. And also on, no, I'm sorry, Star Trek 1. I'm sorry, Star Trek 1. Nice, yep. Uh, I know all these guys and spoke to them. They all refused to build models because of the chemicals, because they all got so sick from the chemicals. And and I encountered that exact thing. Uh, I stupidly didn't have a mask on, so there you go. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. Got to wear a mask, yeah. Neil. Got to wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, it was a learning lesson. I should have had a mask on just spray painting this uh, giant robot thing. And I inhaled some of the fumes. I got sick to the stomach, and it's poisoning from the, you know, from the fumes. And it happens, you know, it's quite a common thing. You're supposed to have a a, a mask and a fan. I didn't do those things. So I'm going to hopefully finish building some of the robot things this week. And I'm just cutting uh, the time war. I'm heavily, heavily into the editing of it. And it's so far, I'd say 90% of the... Uh, the creatures or the robots or the spaceshipy things or the UFOs are practical. It's all physical models. And I'm shooting some of those elements in 6K resolution or 8K resolution with special cameras and special lenses. So it's it's digital and practical models. You know, And uh, let me tell you, it's so nice having practical models because it's actually – Apart from the fact that it looks good, when you're dealing with 3D, you know, 3D things, they kind of look good in a cartoon way. But these physical, practical things, it's just so glorious. You throw it in, it looks right. You don't have to sit there and fudge it. It works because it's real, and it's such a such a delight to do that. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm just going down that rabbit hole of you know creating great art in the computer using real elements and uh, it's glorious, absolutely glorious. And I'm going down the world war two rabbit hole of, I mean, watch world war two documentaries and world war one documentaries. <laughs> Cause I'm looking at the types of tanks and the types of textures they had. Ooh. And I'm using real, you know, pieces of that, of that era. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, which I know, uh, Bob, you would just absolutely adore. I've, I've got real tanks from world war one and world war two real Nazi tanks uh, used for certain elements, and then I've got model kits, big model kits of those tanks as well. And it's just wonderful. It's so nice to have ta- tactile stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm going down that rabbit hole. I'm absolutely so happy, even though I got sick. <laughs> it's because you didn't wear a mask. I know. Have you learn nothing from fake news. Yeah. I have learned nothing. <laughs> I'm actually going to. I'm actually going to go get a proper respirator mask. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For modeling, that's. Definitely advised. Yeah. Anything that involves those kind of fumes. Yeah. Yeah. You want oxygen pumped into the mask from behind and flush it out from your face, kind of thing. Yeah. Where do I get this oxygen from? <laughs> you normally get little kind of uh, either a filter that pumps it from behind on your back, you know, basically attached to your belt. Little pipe comes up and un- into the back of the mask. Or, like I say, you know, things like that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'll go look into that. Yeah, normally, like I say, a lot of the, um, you know, kind of the health and safety stuff from a lot of works, uh, they tend to have them. You have a, a full face mask and, uh, like I say, at the back, a little, you know, pipe that's probably two, you know, an inch diameter um, goes down to a belt pack that basically, you know, sucks in the air and blows it up 
in and through your face. Oh, wow. Clear, make sure that nothing gets in kind of thing that shouldn't. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> you shouldn't get sick, put it that way. Yeah, I was. it was a bad sick. I, was, I had stomach cramps. It was horrendous. And I'll bet that didn't clear quickly. It, uh, it, it, well, a few hours. Let's just say a few hours. Say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> overnight, drank, maybe. <laughs> yeah, overnight. Yeah, definitely. The next day I was still suffering. Drank a lot of water. That helped. So, yeah, couldn't eat food. Flush the system. Yes, yes. That's that's the that. There you go. There's the lessons of movie making this week. Don't inhale glue or paint. That also reminds me of childhood in Scotland. Not for me, but for everybody else. <laughs> you would always take a walk round to some sort of solid crisp packet, which is filled with glue. You yes. Know, it's like, why is that? Oh. And yes, that's because oh. they're all sniffing glue. So, uh, so we know that you're back at work tomorrow, Bob. Good luck with that with your 14 hours days and you know thank you what not <laughs> rob what about you uh i'm working on a fun new website project so uh that's always good obviously they've got a few days of the day job and then just deciding what sign photos to stick behind me on the wall for next week's episode such a hard, i need more frames <laughs> I've, I've been rebuilding my uh geek room and uh, i still i've not got enough frames i need more stuff and I've been watching a lot of documentaries on, uh, I think Amazon Prime's better for it, about retro movie collectors, so like 1980s VHS and all that sort of stuff. And I keep seeing the people with these huge shelves filled with all the movies. And I really want <laughs> massive shelves so I can put all my DVDs and Blu-rays out. Because at the minute they're all scattered in different rooms and in tubs and boxes and stuff like that. And I really want to show them off. So I might have to invest in a stupidly massive bookcase. Just, uh, just, just for the photograph, really, just to put it behind me when we're vlogging and uh, doing a, a video podcast. So, uh, but for me, I am not back in work until the twenty fifth of July. I had to work so out what month it was. Days. Another thirteen days. I'm loving it. It's going to kill me to wow. go back. Uh, I've been off for like eight days so far. Uh, I felt really, really ill yesterday. I felt so tired, absolutely exhausted. I thought I was going to fall over. And then today, I got up and Annette was chatting about it. And she said, didn't you take a hay fever tablet yesterday? I went, yep, first one I've taken for months. She went, that's what it did. Flattened you. The flat, it absolutely flattened me. So today I've not taken one. I feel a lot better. So, I was uh, going to say, there are two types. One of them will flatten you and the other one won't. I guess I took the one that flattened me. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Annette and I, we took a walk out to the nearby park today and we're throwing a tennis ball around and that was fun. So we were just, you know, chucking it and being like kids. And you were sneezing a lot because you hadn't taken a hay fever tablet. <laughs> Probably. Oh, my hay fever doesn't really bother me that much. I'm not quite sure why I took a hay fever tablet. Yeah, that seems a little odd. A bit odd anyway. So I, I take vitamin pills because you know yourself, sort of, Neil, when you change over to vegetarian or vegan or whatever it is, you, your body's like, whoa, that feels different. I'm kind of missing things. So that's why yeah. I've, I do try and take vitamin tablets now and again just to try and make all the difference. But, you know. Mm. Uh, so we are going to be watching more big screen movies. At some point, I am going to watch Rogue Warrior on a 102-inch living room wall. So, wow. Um, Paint me envious. So it's amazing. <laughs> the projectors are amazing. If you've got the wall to show them on, oh, I haven't. they're fantastic. Make a wall. Just do it on the back wall in your garden. <laughs> they are, they're really, really good. And especially when you connect up to a sound bar and you can piss the neighbours off by watching Schindler's List at full decibels and uh, you know, <laughs> freaking them out and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get some more movies watched. I'm launching the new 
uh, spending time with podcast tomorrow tea time with Trent Hayward's the first guest on that one. So that'll be the first time I've done an episode one podcast in quite a while. So that'll be that'll be fun. That's the podcast that's going to accompany the film festival that I'm directing. Excellent. Um, so I don't know whether Trev and I will be wearing masks. We'll be totally, you know, <laughs> we're not recording in the same room, but we might we might wear a mask anyway. So I'm doing that. Yeah. And I'm also putting together a list for one of Bob and I's nostalgia podcast TVs, uh, <laughs> podcast series. And this one we'll be focusing on, and don't be rude, uh, first times. So it'll be things like, <laughs> things like the first video recorder you had. Tell me about that. The first, oh. the first video tape you remember. The the first uh, music player you had. The, you know the first famous person you ever met. So the, lots of those, and that'll be along the lines of because we did like a about six episodes or something, Bob, where we did it about movies. So it was you know different generations of film watching, and then we did another series which was all about video gaming. So this is kind of like a, a continuation a of that one. So that's something else I'm working on. But other than that, I'm just trying to rest. I'm just trying to rest. I'm trying to sleep. I'm trying to uh, watch TV shows and you know. I was going to say those next thirty, these next thirteen days will fly by if you're not careful. So yeah, get some rest. Yeah, this past week I've done virtually nothing. I've been on Twitter a little bit, but nowhere near as as much um, as I normally have because I'm forcing myself to rest because I need it because I'm knackered. So. There you go. Um, but it's been great to get everybody back together. It's been like a little sci-fi Wales reunion. It's not been quite a reunion because there's somebody missing, isn't there, Rob? Who's missing? So Neil's here. Uh, mm-hmm. h- how are those Blu-rays, Neil? Are they nice and polished? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really and shiny. He's polishing my Blu-rays right polishing now. Polishing your Blu-rays. And then what he'll probably do is take them home to check them yeah. to make sure that they're all perfect. Yeah. So those were the days. And do you realize, Neil, that uh, tomorrow or maybe the day after it will be five months since we were hanging around with the Rhapsody guys? Oh, my goodness. Five months. Oh, dear. Wow. What a year it's been. What a shift. What an absolute change in 2020. <laughs> Five months ago, hanging around with a rock band. Now, we're all locked down and getting sick. Yes. Crazy. Just think about it. In years to come, when people do sci-fi movies about time traveling, you will have that warning that goes out of, don't go back to 2020. <laughs> there will be one. <laughs> yeah, go back to 20. Just film deserted streets. Because there's nothing. Everybody's yes. locked down. So... Well, you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Neil, you've obviously got a longer day ahead of you than the rest of us. Cause I do. We're, uh, it's all dark here, and we're getting ready to go sleep. And uh, you know, I'm going to go watch an episode of Star Trek Voyager. Rob probably is as well. And <laughs> Me too. Bob <laughs> will be getting ready to go to sleep, ready for his 14-hour yes. shift <laughs> tomorrow. Um, but enjoy it. It's always a pleasure catching up with everybody, but especially you, hey. Neil, because I've not spoken to you in a while. Indeed, yep. yeah, it's great mm-hmm. chatting to all of you. Yes. Yep. yes. And uh, Neil, if you need a chat about anything else that's non-podcasty, just give me a quick call on the WhatsApp after the show, if you wish. I shall, I shall. All right. <laughs> and uh, I will catch up with you later. Thank Bye you very guys. much, gentlemen. Take care, Bye. guys, and Thank wishing you. you all the best for the coming week. Indeed, indeed. indeed. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. Take care. Bye. 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.